Hey everyone, today is sponsored by, uh, the, today's live show is sponsored by Dave Madison, David Madison I should say, Justin Maybe, Michael Shy, uh, Bradulist, John Jex, and Lawrence Petros of LPD Pedals or Lawrence Petros Pedals. Uh, he had asked if he could sponsor like anyone else and it kind of worked out because I owed him some money for some pedals. Uh, so uh, if he was willing to exchange uh, spots in the show for that, I don't see any downfall of that. So I just let everybody know. I want to thank everyone who sponsors the show on Patreon and watches it, because that's all sponsorship too. Uh, and uh, let's get started. So I can see everyone, I think. Can you guys see me? Hello. Hello. Greetings from Humble, Texas. That's where my grandfather's from, is Texas. Um, ooh, we're going to start questions right off the, gra- uh, right off the bat with, uh, with Abraham... Abram, he said, what is a factory second? What a great question. A factory second is very important because there's sometimes two terms for that, a B stock or a factory second. Now there's a couple things and I'll give you the three biggies that come to my head. Uh, First, uh, you have a product that was sent to a dealer, an authorized dealer, was found to have some defect and sent back and the factory refurbished it. That's why sometimes the factory second refurbished. They have fixed the issue with it, but it is not entirely new and it can't legally be sold as new either way. Sometimes a factory second is something they detected in QA. In other words, uh, quality assurance sees it, they find the issue and they're like, hey, uh, this has a defect or an issue. And um, a good example would be a set neck guitar. You can't take the neck off and start over again uh, very effectively unless the guitar is very expensive. So they might stamp it as a factory second. Um, or believe it or not, sometimes a factory second or B stock is a product that was made of the wrong color or wrong specifications. So it's something that was supposed to be made, but was made, um, any, any, uh, wrong. So that's what a factory second, also known as a factory refurbished or a B stock. Um, one of my favorite companies that handles it that way is Schecter Guitars. What they do with their B stock, they sell them to one dealer. I believe he's on the East Coast somewhere and he sells them all on eBay. Um, and what they'll do a lot of times is they'll give you, some companies will give you a factory warranty, but not on the cosmetics. That's how they get away with that. Or sometimes they just void the warranty altogether. So it's like buying used, but you're getting it from the factory. So that's a great question. Uh, first time ever asked, so uh, I really appreciate it that um let's see next one is keith keith says hey phil how about carbon liquidation question mark would it be okay to buy from them now um yeah you know i saw they were offering 25 percent off me personally i would like to see 50 percent off i mean i don't want to do that to them but you understand that part of the reason they're liquidating is they're not going to have any service to go with those products so when you have defective warranty issues there's no one to to take that um but that being said, you know, it is the last chance to get the product. So if you want it, you're going to get it at a discount. But the one thing I would definitely consider is if you have an issue five, six months from now, there is no clear expectation that I saw on who's going to service that. So um, I, I use Carvin uh, for my mixers and all my PA stuff and all my other stuff. And uh, funny enough, uh, why I think it hit me kind of hard is I was getting ready to buy one of the Steve I Legacy amps. Um, and they were on sale for $7.99 and I procrastinated because they kept showing the tan one, not the green one. And then they went off sale and they went to like $9.99. And so I actually emailed them and said, hey, I'd like, I was planning to buy this and review it against my Mark V Mini and I really want this amp, you know, could I get it for the $7.99 price? And I never got a response from them. Um, and I was hoping to use that to, you know, kind of get the deal that was out there anyways. And then it went to $1,100. So it was, uh, for me, uh, I regret it 
<laughs> and I might buy a used one now. Um, I went and looked. So, you know, uh, when I did that video, I went and looked and they were already gone. So, uh, Justin Maybe, a sponsor of the show, says, Hey, Philip, did you hear about Pro Guitar Shop closing down? Um, no, you're the first I'm hearing of it, but I'm not entirely uh, shocked. There's a lot. You got to understand, as the internet, a lot of people, let me, let me just tie this into me. A lot of people ask me, why didn't I go the internet route? Why didn't I take my store and push it more towards the internet route? And what I see coming or happening right now is as the stores realize that the internet is the only proposition for growth, okay? I don't, I'm not saying mom and pop shops are going to die. Uh, not even close to where I believe is that. I just think the growth is tough. Um, it's going to be, if you want to expand, you have to go to the internet. And as those entities jump on the internet, it's going to be hard for internet entities like Pro Guitar Shops to survive. So I'm not entirely shocked. Not to mention, to be honest with you, Pro Guitar Shops, which is a great place to get pedals, I think has been quashed by Reverb. I, I find myself buying so many pedals on Reverb. Um, this, you know, There's always what I want on Reverb, and I can always find the price I want to pay for it. Um, and that's a pretty hard thing to compete with. And that's Reverb. To be honest, there's also eBay and every other source out there too. So I hate to hear it, you know, um, uh, I get the trade magazines. Sorry, I'm looking behind my computer to see if I left them up here at my office, I didn't. Um, and there was like 11 closings I saw in the last 30 days of, of stuff. Um, so it, it stinks. Okay, back to, uh, let's see. What is he? Um, I, uh, a lot of good questions. I think it's Rilta says not a Carvin fan. Yeah, you know it's it's uh, Carvin. I think it, for me it was upsetting when I did that video. I was really bummed out. I was really upset. It hit me hard because you know I, I think I agree with a lot of the comments on that video that there was a lot of marketing mishaps that they did. You know they didn't really embrace the new world as well they could, but they had quality. I mean, so you hate that sometimes. You know it's it's. Um, it's you know you hate it when somebody who is actually making a good uh, a quality product uh, dying. So um, let's see. I'm gonna hit this just because uh, Hoppy Strat Two said, "Do you think they should ban Jason McNamara from going to GitCon?" Um, no. <laughs> so I, I like Jason. I publicly said he's my friend, um, and he's I think he's friends with everybody that was there too. You know, not everybody's personality is the same. You can't ask, you know, I judge people's character uh, on how they treat people. And to be honest with you, and nobody there uh, could say he treated them wrong. Um, the Tone King and him, they shook hands. They were friends. They jammed on stage. That's the end of that. Um, Jeremy says, Phil, any ideas on how to handle feedback on a P90 load in a semi-hollow? Yeah, that's a nightmare. <laughs> that one really is bad, right? It, it gets really out of control um especially if it's not like a wax potted p90 um you know the a noise gate but really a noise gate will really kind of choke that stuff out um you know actually if anyone has any suggestions i don't really have any suggestions i try i tend to want to use a p90 or a hollow body or definitely both to not use them in environments that are going to be uh feedback um i find there's just no way to control that the only way i know to surefire way to do it believe it or not is what other rock stars have done they shoved a Seriously, they shove T-shirts in the holes and the F holes, fill that body up with with stuff. That'll stop the feedback for the most part. So um, there might be other suggestions with technology like pedals and stuff, um, but you know that will work. By the way, if you fill in those holes, it'll stop doing that. Um, 
Okay, Jamie's got a great question. Uh, he's in the UK and he says sometimes it's find it's hard to find and source American parts. Any tips? Uh, yeah, you're trying to probably talking about like Fender parts and Gibson parts. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Um, for anything Fender and stuff, Stratosphere is is unbeatable for that stuff. If you have, I mean, that's a pretty big one, so you might know about them. But if you don't, definitely check out Stratosphere, uh, Strat uh, Stratosphere, like Strat a sphere. I don't know why I'm saying it weird. Like a sphere, like round. <laughs> um, and uh, so no, check them out. Um, I buy most my parts when I need them because uh, I have part suppliers for most stuff you know I need. But every once in a while, when I have a customer who needs a part and I need it now, eBay has it. Um, if eBay doesn't have it, it's very shocking to me. So you just got to learn who the reputable dealers on eBay are. So um, uh, let's see. Um, okay, next question is... Yeah, somebody was saying change out the pickups. Yeah, that happens too. Um, okay, uh, Angry Wilder says, looking to buy a Katana 50. How well does it play at low volumes for apartment bedroom play? And does it take pedals well? The answer is yes to both. I had very, very good um, uh, uh, experiences with both. And I really like the 50 over the 100. If you guys know, I did the review of the 100. What happened was I got my hands on the 100 and I, and I did the review and then I sold it because I want to get the 50. And uh, what happened was this is when we had access to the shop and I had uh, three 50 watts come in and they sold so fast that I, I couldn't get my hands on one. So that's how I didn't, that's why I don't have one. I wanted the 50. Um, I thought the 100 watts sounded a little better because it's a bigger box, bigger sound. But the 50 sounded, uh, was just a little less money and a little better, to, a little easier to handle at low volumes. I was going to use it the same what you're talking about, low volumes at night. Um, and it definitely takes pedals well. So, um, I, I can't imagine I'm not going to get another katana at some point. Uh, yeah, somebody said, Jeremy says, ha ha, stumped him. He means me. Thanks, Ranson. Uh, Phil, you're awesome. Thanks. Yeah, you, you know what? Like I said, that's a tough one because it's a, it's a tough question. That's why I like, I like, I'm looking for the tough questions, guys. If I can't answer them, you know, at least they're out there for other people to see. Uh, Katana. Oh, Jason's saying Katana is the brand. No, no. Uh, Katana is by Boss, uh, which is Roland. Uh, it's labeled under the Boss brand, but it's a Roland uh, product. So it's the uh, uh, Cheddar Kung Pao says, I love my Katana 100. I play it in uh, 0.5 watt mode. Yeah, I, I love that amp. Uh, um, like I said, uh, it was just my mishap. I never thought in a million years when I sold the 100 to get the 50 that I wouldn't get my access to one. I'll probably just pick one up online. They're they're relatively inexpensive. Um, to be honest, it's another one of those things. I think I talk about this with the Yamaha TH10. Yamaha reached out to me and I was going to get one. And then when they were reaching out to me, I thought, well, maybe they'll get me a deal. Um, Roland reached out to me to review the Katana, the new upgrade. And uh, I was about to buy one. And then they're like, hey, and I thought, well, maybe this is a good opportunity to get one, you know, as a deal, you know, I mean, obviously I want one and they're cool people, but uh, I think I'm just going to get one on my own. So I just, uh, oh, Tonally Savage says, who is your most influential bass player? You know, Stu Ham is who got me to want to love bass, and I'm a Stu Ham freak. But to be honest with you, I my two favorite bass players without uh, without a doubt are Marcus Miller and Michelle Indeo Cello. The, both those players, uh, to me, are are magical. And um and uh, my funny moment is I met I met Stu Ham. He's a cool guy, uh, but he's uh, kind of like us. He's a kind of geeky kind of guy. But Marcus Miller is the coolest guy I ever met. Um, and I got so nervous with him, I didn't know what to say. So when I shook his hand, I said, "You're you're Marcus Miller. You're awesome." 
And then my friend, because he's kind of a jerk sometimes. Oh, you guys know him. It's Ralph. Ralph decided to say at the same time, hey, you told him his name like you didn't know what it was. And that made it a little bit more embarrassing, and I, I, I blushed. And he was just so cool. He's a cool cat. Um, he just oozes that persona. So Marcus Miller, if you don't know who Marcus Miller is, Google him. He is, he, The reason he's my favorite bass player is he's the guy, instead of slapping and tapping and doing all that crazy stuff, he plays amazingly and then gives you a little bit of that, you know, just amazing playing, you know, when it, when it counts. Um, Somebody saying Dave LaRue. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's, it's, bass players are like guitar players. You can go endlessly on your, you know, who's amazing. But those players mean something, you know, to me emotionally on an emotion level when I hear their stuff. Um, uh, oh, Chris has got a great question. What are your thoughts on the Duesenberg guitars? I'm looking to buy one. You know, interesting enough, I was t- t- the Tone King was in town this week, and he texted me out of nowhere. He's like, "Hey, I'm in town, uh, and you want to hang out?" So of course we went and had a we went and got a grabbed a burger, and then we went and hit uh, like three or four four music stores, and the Guitar Center had Duesenbergs, and I was in shock to see them hanging on the wall. I mean, they were in the premium room, but I was shocked to see Duesenbergs hanging on the wall, um, and. Um, I don't know what that meant to me. It kind of meant, it's kind of weird when you see a premium brand all of a sudden in the guitar centers. I don't know if that's because they're doing really well or they're not doing well. Um, so, um, but I would love to say I played one, but that's the, in the guitar centers in those rooms, they chain the, the guitars up and nobody helps you. There was, you know, me and the Tone King were in there for, we were in there and the Tone King, so you know, uh, TK is loud. That, he loves every amp, everywhere we went, he likes to turn the amp up. That guy is like, you know, he's used to being in that big basement with those amps. Um, so he turns up and he goes for it. And um, I usually call that the, may I help you riff, you know, when you're cranking. We were in the private room for an hour cranking amps and moving stuff around. Not one employee ever came and checked on us. So there was nobody to unlock the Duesenberg. So unfortunately, I can give you no information other than I have a f- two friends that have them. And they're both amazing players and well-respected guys. One builds amps and one's a luthier. And uh, both swear they're the best guitars they've ever played. So that helps you a little bit. Um, uh, oh, RNA Music. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, exciting new amp and upcoming amp company. Ooh, okay. Exciting new amp and upcoming. So who do I think it's coming? Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I know that's... A- See, that should be an easier question. You know, um, I... Uh- I'm trying to think if there's anything out there that I've seen. I mean, obviously, the, the new EVH uh, EL34 came out. I don't know if I find that as exciting. I think it's cool that they made the right changes to it. I think it's cool, but I don't know if it's the, uh, you know, most exciting. Um, you know, actually, you know what? I'll, be, I'll just tell you what I think. Uh, the exciting amp companies, I don't really see a whole lot of new amp companies. I feel like a lot of the amp companies, I think Supra was the last kind of new thing out there that was kind of cool. Obviously, I like the Supros a lot, but I haven't seen a whole lot of new companies pumping anything new and exciting. Um, and it's, so you know, I think that's because if you can go, you go into most music stores, there's a decline in amps in the stores. Um, it doesn't seem that there's a lot of amps being sold in a, in a huge way out there. Um, I think amp sal- sales are declining the most. You know what I mean? Not in a bad way, not like the death of amps, but I just think that they're declining. Um, and I think you could tell that because you can see less square footage being designated for them. And online, uh, every, every big on, the big online chains seem to be focusing down to a few amp brands. I'm not seeing a huge variety out there. So um, let's see. Oh, uh, Metallica A29 says, have you heard any news on the Tremonti's PR signature amp? Yeah, I'm almost, an, I, no official word. I'm almost thinking it's kiboshed. It's just got a weird vibe to it, right? It's like they went silent on that. It was going to happen in March. 
I've kind of hinted at the PRS guys, you know, hey, what's going on? They hinted that there's some cool, exciting stuff, but when I talk about the PRS commanding app, it's almost like non-existent. And he's been out there really raving about the new Mesa Boogie uh, Petrucci amp, so who knows? Um, so maybe if it's going to come out, it's going to be January now. There's no way that I would be shocked if they hit it in November uh, for Christmas. They'll they'll put it in January. So, um Okay. Uh, Rich D says, Howdy, Phil. Any idea why certain guitars hard mount their pickups EVH stealth from China? Uh, which is, he's just saying that's one of the models that do it. And is there any way to adjust them? Yes. Um, there is a theory that mounting the pickup straight to the body um, gives you more sustain. It, it changes the way the guitars sound. In fact, there are so many theories about it. There is two stages. So first of all, yes, you can adjust them. All that's happening is instead of the pickup having two springs pushing down on it, and as you turn the screws, you're raising and lowering it, uh, the springs are on the other side, or there's a piece of foam on the other side, and you're just raising it and lowering it the same way. It's the same exact thing. So yes, uh, direct mount pickups are the same. Now, some companies, very few, will direct mount the pickups to the point where they're mounted straight to the body. EVH is that way. So the Stealth is mounted straight to the body. There's no adjustment in that. They literally route the body so that when they screw four screws, because they'll do four screws on that instead of two, uh, mount those Wolfgang pickups right into that body. Um, There's no way to adjust them. They're set to the height they are for the most part. Um, Now you can pull them out and put some foam in there and mess with that and make longer screws, but the way it comes out of the factory, it's not... It's not, it's not ability to raise and lower the pickup. Um, there's a couple of reasons. One, I'm sure in the small part, it's because Eddie's decided that's where the sweet spot is for him on the pickups. And so put them there and they don't need to be raised and lowered. And two, um, yeah, it's back to that theory that they believe mounting the pickup straight to the body changes the way that the pickup sound, it, it resonates differently. Um, you know, I, that's back to those, those tone debates that you could just make yourself crazy thinking about. Um, I can only tell you what I've experienced. I've not experienced anything substantial where I've played a guitar with direct mount pickups. To me, it's an aesthetic move. Not having pickup frames, I think, looks cooler sometimes when you mount the pickup straight in. Some people like the pickup frames. Some companies direct mount the pickups and then put the frames as they're on, on, on a fake. Um, the EVH uh, Star Guitar is like that, right? It's got a pickup frame, uh, and so is the Crop Circle. It's got a pickup frame, but the pickups mounted the body. So there are a lot of guitar companies like that. So, so there you go. Uh, I'm going to say for the argument, uh, it's a it's a aesthetic choice. There you go. All right. Uh, somebody's saying satellite amps. You know, you know what? Okay, so you know, here's another thing. I know Synergy amps is coming, and I know they're going to be doing a big push on that. Um, so I'm curious. Uh, um, I'm curious to see when, as a new upcoming amp, what happens with that. I was a big fan of the modular amps. If you guys know, Bruce Agnator had the modular amps that Ty Tabor used with King's X that sounded fantastic. And then they went and licensed that stuff to Randall amps, and they did the module stuff. And I think Randall did a good job. They didn't do a great job, though. They did a very good job, but there was a definitely improvement. And so Synergy amps is now, I think, the new evolution of where those modules are, are working. And I think they, they're going to put more money and more power behind it. So I think it's going to be interesting. I'm very interested in it to see how how it works so um uh chuck says hey phil is that a duo sonic behind you if so how is it it's cool and it is it is behind me it's that orange one right there it looks like a popsicle yeah uh, i'm trying to see if i like it it's a short scale to see if i dig the um the shorter scale of it i definitely like the guitar um it's just weird for me to play shorter scale guitar sometimes I'm, i definitely am a 25 to 25 and a half scale guy so um but definitely like the guitar so, Chris44 wants to say hi. 
<laughs> Apparently. Uh, okay. So, um, okay. So Josh says, Hey, Phil, I'm looking for the Floyd Rose Strat. Do you know anything about the Floyd Rose Classic Series or the Fender HHR Strats? Yeah, I mean, you know, what's to know? They stuck a Floyd Rose in a Strat. Um, to me, personally, I think Fender, where they get it right, is... Uh, it's cool to have a Fender Strat, but I think the Charvel stuff they put out is much better. I've owned a couple of the Fender Strats with the uh, Floyd Rose, uh, you know, and to me, all of them have that kind of Richie Sambora kind of vibe to them. Um, so it's not like you're getting any kind of cool cred that's not 80s. When you when I think Fender Strats with Floyds, I think 80s too. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I really like, for me personally, I like those Charvels. Uh, they're much better if you're going to buy them. And Fender doesn't really make a Floyd made in the USA Strat. So either way, you're buying made in Mexico. Made in Mexico, cannot beat those Charvels. Um, and uh, so that's something to look at. Um, oh, okay, here's a good question. Ran, uh, Randall Fisher says, hey, what's your opinion on FU Tone uh, products? Uh, so FU Tone is, they make like, uh, they make uh, titanium blocks. They make brass blocks for Floyd Roses. They make uh, really cool, I like them. My uh, A friend of mine, gave, Eric, gave me some... Uh, um, some cool springs and stuff from them. And uh, everything I messed with was really cool. Um, bye, Dana. He's off to a gig now. So bye, Ed. I know you gotta got to pay the bills, man. Have a good gig. Um, so uh, anyways, uh, the uh, yeah, so everything I've seen from them is pretty cool. They seem like cool cats too. Um, they really work with a couple YouTubers that I know. And uh, I just never had an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to demo any of their products or check out their stuff. Um, and I don't just, you know, just don't go out there and reach out to people if they're, if I don't have something in my head. I usually like to have an idea of what I'm, you know, like, Hey, this would be cool if I did this video and then I go do it. Um, so, but, uh, so here's a good, Danny says, are you a snob, whether your gear pedals, effects, and amplifiers is analog or digital? You know, that's a good example. You know, I, I, I think I'm a normal player out there and I think the normal players, I, hopefully you can relate to me. Otherwise I'm going to sound crazy. Um, it's not that I'm a snob or not a snob. My problem is I can't figure out sometimes what I really need. Um, I play boutique amps and guitars and I go, this is it. Why play anything less than this? And then sometimes I play something less expensive, like a Schecter into a Katana amp. And I go, this is it. Why do I need more than this? Why am I wasting my money? Um, and I think, uh, I think it's normal to go back and forth on that. So to answer your question, no, uh, I, pedals wise, I don't care if it's analog or digital. And so in fact, sometimes I don't think I can tell, um, uh, I do prefer analog over digital just because my experiences of analog over digital has been better in the long run, but I like digital stuff. Fine. Just like solid state. I prefer tube. I'm a real preference to tube amps, but some tube amps are so digital or solid state in the way they're constructed that even that gets a little vague, but no, I like what I like. And, um, generally speaking, when I buy stuff, I think I've said this over and over again, there's a consistent message. If I buy something expensive, it's not always because I think it's better quality. It's because it's more unique and it's interesting to own as a collector. When you collect gear, you know, you're, you're just looking for something really cool that makes you feel good when you play it. And, you know, um, my time playing music is a lot of times, you know, it's with myself, friends, and family. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to have that moment where I'm enjoying myself. Uh, next question is... It j jumps around a little bit. Sorry, guys. As soon as I... Okay. Oh, North Texas, North, I'm going to say Texas, TX, no, North Texas mountain biker, TX mountain biker. Phil, describe the process for choosing which guitars are hanging behind you 
for each vid. Um, okay, <laughs> I think I know what you're saying. You're saying, hey, basically do a video about each guitar behind me. Okay, you know, um, it's pretty simple. Yeah, it looks like a Jackson. Somebody said that is a Jackson. That's been in a bunch of the live shows. That's a Jackson Dinky made in Japan. I have, uh, so, uh, and you know, there's no there's no real way for me to explain why I buy what I buy. Um, sometimes it's a deal. Sometimes I just love it. So, uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Bruce, you sent me that email, right? Somewhere I read this before you sent this. Uh, it says, if a dual rectifier is good and a triple rectifier is good, would a 13 rec, uh, what, what would it do? Yeah, it's a, it's a good joke. I, I didn't know. It's like, I'm like, is that a question? I, I, I yeah. Um, so there you go. Okay. So let's go. A couple things I thought I'd share with you too. That's what I said on the, on the, on the uh, description, we do QA like always. I wanted to tell you about some cool stuff. Uh, Stu wanted to know what I think of the Grandmeister. Um, I love the Grandmeister. I played it at GitCon, and I was really, really into it. In fact, so much so that, I, that I've been talking to them. I'm hoping to talk to them more about getting my hands on one to review it. I know it's something I'm going to get. I just know it because I... You know, uh, the Tube Meister was a cool amp, but there was I, did, I just want reverb. And this has uh, digital effects, which is fine with me. I'll just put on the reverb. So uh, I know that's going to be good. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, we Backtracks. We Backtracks says, I have a Sur, PRS, etc. I got an Ibanez RG320 on trade. New pickups and haven't touched my PRS, uh, etc. since. Got another one for $140. Uh, High-end price is really justified. That's the question mark. Yeah, that's the ultimate question. Uh, and the answer is No. We know they can make inexpensive guitars great. We know it. We You, you can go and touch, touch them. Um, like I said, me and TK, we went to four music stores. We picked up guitars off the wall. We picked up three PV Made in USA guitars that were all in the $200 range that were fantastic. That's not why you buy high-end guitars. You buy high-end guitars because, one, um, sometimes the components on them are better, and if you're gigging, that helps wear and tear, although there's two attitudes about that. Some say, hey, I'd rather have some disposable instruments, wear them out, and get new ones all the time. Um, you know, and that's, let's use that logic uh, in cars. Some people like to run a car to, it has 200,000 miles until the engine explodes. And some people just get a new car every couple years, you know, because they'd rather just get a cheaper car every couple years instead of run one out to the ground. So there's always going to be two attitudes about that. But, um, you know, like I bought a Framus guitar when I was at GitCon. It's behind me, right I can't point at it. It's next to the, it's one of those purple ones to that I can't there. You see it right there. Okay. So anyways, I bought that guitar at GitCon. Um it's an amazing guitar. Is it better than the Schecter sitting right next to it? I can't argue that at all. When I played them both today, um because it came in the mail today, they're both fantastic. But I can tell you this, nobody has that Framus guitar. So that's a cool feeling sometimes, uniqueness, right? And you can make an inexpensive guitar unique. You can do stuff to it that makes it unique. But it's nice to have something that's kind of unique and a lot of effort and energy went into to make uh, craftsmanship, you know? I have a friend who's an artist and, and one of the things she has to deal with all the time is she goes to art shows and she says, you know, people buy made in China stuff for a fraction of what I make stuff for. And it's because sometimes people care about the artistry behind it and some people just care about the product. 
So that's how you. So the, so to answer your question, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying. You can buy a two hundred dollar guitar that performs like a two thousand dollar guitar. I see it all the time. Um, but unfortunately, we're this is an emotional thing. So if we're gonna make logical decisions, that's okay. But sometimes we make emotional decisions. So okay, let's go back to the questions here. Um, somebody asked about Pro Guitar Shop closing. I already talked about that. Um, oh, Paul says that's why I bought a Kiesel. Yeah, Kiesel is another good example. I think they've done everything right. I think now with the rebrand from Carbon to Kiesel, I think they got a classier look, a classier feel. Um, when we were walking to Sam Mash, I was telling uh, TK uh, Tatone King about that. That I, I think the rebrand on Kiesel has been really great. Um, so, um. I'm going to say Leeton. Leeton? Leeton saying, hey, Phil, have you played the Hard Luck King guitars? Uh, they're cheap guitars, but seem really nice. Yeah, we've talked about them on the show. I've seen them. I've seen them on Facebook uh, being advertised, you know, 160 bucks delivered. So I went and I watched probably three hours, which is way too much time to devote to something like that, of reviews on them. And what I saw was 100% consistency. Every reviewer said, yeah, it's kind of junky, but, you know, it was cheap. And... That doesn't always appeal to me. So I got the feeling that, well, what I can tell you, what I took away from that is when you get a $160 or $200 Hard Luck King guitar, you're getting exactly that. There is no $500 guitar. You're not buying a $160 guitar. Uh, or Sorry, you're not buying a $500 guitar for $160. You're buying a $160 guitar. That's what I got from that. Is there anything wrong with that? No, but you're not scoring the deal you think you're scoring. You're just getting any. And to me, the problem with them is I can buy a $160 guitar anywhere. We saw 50 just the other day in guitar stores. So there's no end to finding good deals on guitars. So that's my... I, I, but I thought it'd be fun to get one. And But I can tell you this. But what I can tell you is the Harley Benton guitars I played were fantastic for the price. Those, I couldn't figure out how they were doing it so cheap. And that was a much better thing. Um, in fact, the Harley Benton guitars are probably the best best guitars and i have no deal with harley benton so there's no hey click the harley benton link down below nothing i got nothing they i don't own one uh i think about buying one um i'll be honest uh, I, i'm afraid to get one because i'm afraid i'll play it all the time and then it won't justify having nice guitars i'll just play that but i was really impressed with them by far i purposely so you know at the show did not play their prs copy because i didn't want to know I, I already was too amazed by the telly and the and the the uh the strat type copies I was playing. I didn't want to know that they could make a $200 PRS. <laughs> so, uh, cause you know, um, yeah, Bruce like, yeah, I sent that email. Yeah. Um, I think I started the response for it. Sometimes I, when they're, you're the, that stuff, I queue it up and I just don't have time to get the response out. Um, Let's see. Hey, Phil, uh, thoughts about old Valley arts guitars. Uh, they were cool. I, uh, friend, my friend Paul has one, uh, back when Gibson owned him and he was a Gibson rep and he says it's his best guitar he's ever had. And he, he plays that one all the time. So, um, Winston says he has the Gretsch behind me. It's a killer guitar. It is a killer guitar. Also did the Brian May mod to my Strat. Amazing tones. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. I love that Gretsch behind me. Um, that is the inexpensive, uh, Gretsch and I've been playing it lately. Um, what I do sometimes when I'm, I get, I, I bought that because I'm thinking it's right there, there, that thing. I bought that cause I'm actually contemplating getting rid of my high end Japanese one. Um, my use, my Japanese one used is probably worth about 14 or $1,500. And that guitar new was five. 
So I'm like, ah, do I really need this? You know, it's one of those things. Um, uh, so far, I like them both, but I'm not going to keep them both. So we'll see who which one ends in the long time. Maybe I should do a shootout between them. Would that be interesting to see when I'm ready to, to figure out which one has to go? Uh, so, let's see. Uh, Guitar Hack says, do you think Gibson will drop prices to increase guitar sales? No, I think they're not going to try to... I don't think that's where their focus is. I think their focus is cutting costs. You notice I didn't do a video about that. You know, the whole factory closing. The reason is because is I don't think it means anything. Gibson's not going anywhere. The ownership of Gibson could go somewhere. Give me an example. Henry owns Gibson now. He didn't before. There's always been a Gibson. When Gibson was... He bought it in distress. It wouldn't be shocking to me that it's in distress again. And it gets bought again. The problem with Gibson... And anything like that is that, or not the problem, but the thing with that is that it's 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 got a value. It's got brand equity. It doesn't need a factory. It doesn't need uh, it doesn't need guitars. It doesn't need anything. It has equity just in its brand value. So somebody could just buy the Gibson name and start making guitars with the Gibson name somewhere else. So Gibson will never go. Well, not say never, but Gibson's not going anywhere as a brand, right? It'll still be available in stores. You'll still get them. Whether or not Gibson itself. So when I heard them closing that factory, what I took that as, they're just trying to hold on to the brand. They don't want to have to sell that asset. So they're selling other things to adjust. Or to be honest with you, they're probably just making choices that make sense. I keep hearing about their their financial issues, but they're probably also trying to show the banks that they're making decisions that are good to for the company's long term. So um so it's, it's tough. Like I said, it, there's a lot of brands that I think could go away, you know, just close tomorrow and you'll never see again. But I don't think Gibson's one. I think, like I said, the ownership of Gibson can no longer be the owners. But I, you know, if people are like, hey, there won't be any Gibsons. Gibsons will be worth money. I'm like, well, there'll be Gibsons because somebody will buy it. There's a price where somebody will buy that. Um, you know what I mean? So there you go. Um Let's see. Gibson can live off its root guitars with fewer selections and focus on QC. Yeah, right. Less tooling changes, color changes, etc. would increase production. Right. And like I said, think, think, I agree with you 100%. That's space jazz. I, I think Gibson really needs to focus on what they're getting slammed for on the internet. You know, it's kind of like Kiesel and their rebranding. Kiesel rebranded itself from Carvin. Um, there's a lot of reasons why that happened, but it doesn't matter. The truth is, is that the perception out there is that Kiesel is a far superior product to Carvin. Now, I believe that to be true as well. However, we're not talking about, you know, what is real. We're talking about perception. The perception is Kiesel is a better made product or a higher quality product than Carvin is. So that's a rebrand, right? Uh, it's KFC saying, hey, no, we're not fried chicken anymore. We're KFC. So re companies rebrand. Gibson needs to rebrand a little bit. Not change the name, but change the perception. And I think uh, I think Space Jazz is thinking exactly like me. I'm thinking slim down the selections, keep control over the quality, um, focus on what the customers are saying. That would be new for them. They've never really done that before. Uh, so, uh, and uh, yeah. And then uh, Timothy says, Hawkins says, invest in the future. Right. Uh, and, and then video haiku uh, says, maybe China will buy Gibson. Could be. You never know. Um, anybody could buy it. In fact, China could own Gibson now. Who knows what investors own what parts of what companies. You know, Fender isn't, uh, is, is a partnership. They have partners that own pieces of it. So, uh, 
Okay, Timothy ha- uh, Hawkins says, guitar manufacturers need to contact the administration about kids' music programs, uh, startups, and communities. Yeah, I, right. Well, you know what it is? They're not used to the new world. They're not used to working so hard. <laughs> they, they're used to rock stars just making us want their stuff. And I think that's going to continue, but I think they really need to, uh, I like you, to reach out and build a community. Um <laughs> Random Love says your your Robo Tuner video hurt them badly. Yeah, you know it's funny. No one could take credit for Gibson's problems, but Gibson isn't that funny. You know, and I think we all agree on that. Um, and I've said it before in videos. The sad thing is they can do a lot wrong, and people still want them. I still like them. Let's all, Surgical Steel says let's all buy Gibson. Yeah, it'll help them. Uh, Takar says enjoyed all the videos from GitCon. Why don't we? Why don't we don't see a lot of those brands here in the States? Um, you're talking about like the Russian, uh, well, not Russian, the Ukrainian uh, brand that I reviewed and stuff. Um, I don't know. Um, GitCon was definitely an experiment. It was cool. Um, I had a blast. Uh, it was, I wouldn't say life-changing, but close to it. It was definitely the most interesting and cool experience I've ever had in my life. So... Um, and I think that's why a lot of people liked it. And I think a lot of you guys seemed a little like worn out from the videos from it. But the truth is, it was so exciting. Um, you know, I'll just say this. You know what was great about GitCon versus the Nam show for me? It was so nice not to have to stand in front of a company and explain what YouTube is. I, I don't know how to explain the frustration to somebody where I'm talking to a company. I'm like, I'd like to videotape your product today. And they're like, Why? I'm like, well, I put it on my YouTube channel. And they're like, well, we have a YouTube channel. Doesn't everybody have a YouTube channel? And you're like, but, but. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so it was nice to have companies there that actually understood what a YouTuber uh, and what reviews are and what, what, what they're doing. And it was, it was just cool. It was a cool, it was cool. Um, uh, okay. Uh, do you own a Marshall Governor pedal? No, I would love to, man. They're expensive. 300 bucks um i have um i definitely in my collection i probably have some clones um you know so when i talk about my pedal collection you have to understand i'm about to do it now there's a couple there's a pedal that i have in my collection i just found out the other day is worth three four hundred bucks and i paid 65 dollars for it i love it but it's going i i don't keep any no pedal is that is that magical to me i anytime a pedal is worth anything so the governor's exact exa- just like the the Shredmaster pedal when they hit 350 i bought mine for 50 dollars. when they hit 350 bucks i sold it i buy other pedals i just i just do you know i don't you know um pedals to me are about like crayons i like having all the colors like a big crayon box and you like trying them out and having fun with them but you know i'm not I don't have the cash flow to justify having these pedals that are worth a fortune. Um, uh, let's see. It says, hey, Phil, does it make sense to use pedals with a nice modeling amp such as a, a Boss Katana? Um, well, Chris, that's a good question. You know, to be honest with you, the Boss Katana has the pedals built into them. So it's not about sense making sense. It's, uh, it's really like you have pedals and you're looking for a platform to shove them in front of. That's really the point a lot of players and I, I include myself in that we have a pedal board i'll have a build a pedal board and that's my sound and i just need an amp that that doesn't make that sound horrible you know i don't need it to make it sound better but i need what it sounds like to kind of come through um so the katana will do that um so it's not so much that it makes sense i mean no would i recommend you go buy a katana and then go buy a bunch of pedals for it no the whole point of buying a katana is that it has pedals built into it but if you have pedals and you're looking for a good amp maybe 
sub $300 range to stick some pedals in front of it, that's an amp that you can do that with. And it's always nice to have options to do both, you know. Uh, for me, what happens to me is sometimes I'm playing a modeling amp late at night and something inspires me to run the room and grab a pedal and stick it in front of it. And it's nice if the amp can still sound good so I can get the idea. Um, uh, did you get Henning... Did you get a Henning, Har uh, Henning Harley Benton guitar with a green one? With the, or did he keep it? No, that's K. Edwards. Uh, no, he kept it. Uh, so I don't want to leave anybody in the... in the uh, Henning uh, Polly, which is HP42 uh, channel, is having his own uh, signature guitar with Harley Benton. And I played it at the show and I liked it. And I was trying to get him to sell me the prototype. Uh, they weren't having it. Because uh, <laughs> uh, it was cool. It was actually a cool guitar. In fact, he's only making 42 and I think that's a horrible idea because... Uh, I really liked the guitar. I thought it was cool, um, and I would buy it because it's inexpensive. I think it's like three hundred bucks with all this stuff. And anyways, no, they wouldn't sell it to me. So uh, I'll keep working on it. I'm sure I might get my hands on one. Um, oh, Thomas K, great question. Do you think everything about guitar building is already known by everyone, or do you think some companies still have some small special secrets? Ooh, that's a fantastic question. No, I don't think it is. You know, I I um I deal with companies uh, on on a daily basis. I'm on the phone every day with some kind of company or skyping. Um, and you would be shocked how many companies don't know certain things because you know what happens is when you get a core group of people together, they tend to exhaust their entire intellectual content, and then they don't reach outside that. Part of the problem is most people think they know everything. I don't mean that in a rude way. I mean that in like a, hey, yeah, I figured it out. Um, you know, it's very rare to see somebody who has made it to a, uh, an expert level and still really willing to learn. A perfect example, because we're guitar players, it's when you see a guitar player who's a master guitar player and then they say, oh, I'm still taking lessons. And you're like, what for? You play so amazing. And they're, but that's their brain. They still want to learn. So some companies think like that. So I think there's still a lot of secrets. Because here's why. I think that a lot of companies, well, and I know this for a fact, and here's how I know it for a fact. When you go to factories, I can see a factory's, you go in there and you go, why are they doing it this way? They're, you know, I saw another factory. They would, that, their, their way of fixing that was way better. And when you ask them, well, have you ever looked at how they do it? They don't look externally. They look only internally. Um, so, so there's always that. So, so the answer to the question is no, I don't think so. Um, let's see. Um, what else? Okay, yeah, here's a good one. I'm just because it's funny. Bruce says, Phil, alternative to Nam, PhilCon. <laughs> Weekend videos with your gear uh, would be fun. You know, that I would love to do that. You know, the funny thing is I try to do videos where I just kind of go through my gear, and I always seem going to get some kind of pushback from that. So I don't know what that is. Um, in other words, people seem not disinterested, just, I don't know. They say it's boring, and I should get back to the regular uh, subject matter. Um, let's see. Uh, ooh, Rich wants to know what I think of the PT versus the EVH3. Uh, and I mean EVH3, I think that's the um, the new EL34 version. Is that what you're talking about? I haven't played it, but I like the PT. Um, so I really like the PT, the, the Friedman amp. Um, let's see. I have a PRS Corvette guitar. Should I see or trade it or wait if it will ever go up in value? Uh, that's Ki words, man. I I don't know. I don't think you should wait. If you don't like it, you should get rid of it. Uh, if you think it's going to go up in value, that's up to you. Um, I never think that way. Uh, if it goes up in value and I have it, then I get rid of it. Um, 
just because, like I said, unless I really love it. So, uh, so no, I don't know. Don't know what to tell you. Um, I know you guys don't like it when I say um, but it's re I'm reading a lot of stuff. So, uh, Cool Mo D <laughs> Smithson says, recommend a good music theory channel. I'm actually working on that right now. Um, I'm trying to find a, a lot of, uh, I'm looking at a lot of theory channels right now and a lot of places that learn guitar to see w what's the best suggestions out there I can find. So, uh, hopefully I'll have some information on that. Jesse says, any new raw material for building guitars that could have a breakthrough? Well, Jesse, it's definitely going to happen. Um, there is no doubt that this new Sides change is going to change everything. The guitar I just got from Germany, it almost didn't make it through customs, and they had four kinds of documents for it. So, I mean, they had, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So... so so it's definitely going to be a change. You can see a lot of manufacturers looking at a lot of other things to build guitars out of. So, Ron says, what do you think of the Gretsch Streamliner series? Got one right behind me. Love it. Let's see. And... Somebody says Adam Neely makes the best theory videos. I want to say it out loud, so I'll look it up later. Uh, I'll check his channel out. Space Jazz says, hey, get Satch for an interview. <laughs> well, you never know. I'll try. You know, no one, <laughs> so you know, no one cares <laughs> on my channel. Like, I know you guys, you guys are so cool. You guys are always like, hey, you should talk to these people. I, when I talk to most people, they look at my channel and they just laugh at me. So... Um, I get it a lot. I say, hey, I have this channel. It's got 100,000 subscribers. We do a million to a million and a half views a month. And they... The world does not really embrace the YouTube world as much as us. Uh, I think it, we do because we're here. We're interacting, and we love it. I love talking to you. Hopefully, you guys like interacting with me. Um, but what I get is a lot of pushback from a lot of companies. Um, uh on a given month, I probably have three or four companies tell me they don't they don't even understand what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, how does Gibson justify the price of custom guitars with Rich Light? Uh, they don't have to justify it. They just do it. I, I think it's crazy. $4,000 for a Rich Light fretboard? It's nuts. But, you know, their their argument is it's better and it's more stable as a product. And they're probably right. It could be better product than ebony. Uh, Ebony's not that great of a wood. So it's got a lot of issues. It cracks when you press frets into it. Um, it's not always the best sounding piece of wood, which is why it's not used in a lot of guitars. It's expensive. It's really damaging to, to get it. You know, to the environment because of the way it's 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 you can't tell until you chop the tree down what kind of ebony you're looking at. So there's a lot of things about ebony that's not great. So Gibson can get away with saying, "Hey, it's it's rich light. It's a better superior product." The problem is, is that although I think that's an interesting claim, and I don't think there's anything wrong with them saying rich light's great. I think four thousand dollars for a guitar that has a fake fretboard is a little strange. Um, 
only because there's guitars for $300 with that same fretboard. So, um, let's see. If it's good, it doesn't matter what kind of material is used. That's Phil Smith. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, it's been said a thousand times, but Pete Thorne says it so much that I always attribute Pete Thorne to it. But if it's if it it, it is good, if it is good, or something like that, right? If it sounds good, it is good. That's uh, he says it in his video a couple times, and he said it a couple times at GitCon. I, I just like that saying. If it sounds good, it is good. I agree. Uh, whoop. Uh, just uh, Dave Snave said, you know, he's sorry if he's just asking this question again. He's just talking about Pro Guitar Shop is closing its doors. First Carvin, now Pro Guitar Shop. See, and like I said, to you guys, that might be shocking. But like I said, I have this month's trade magazine. There was like 11 places closing. So uh, I think that's the readjustment of the Internet. You know, there's it's time to readjust. Uh, not like it's time, like it's finally time. I just mean it's it's happening. This is happening. Um, and I think a lot of times, plus I think pedals, you know, I think we've seen their peak. Are you guys pedaled out? Um, you hear all the YouTubers talk about it all the time. As soon as they do a pedal review, uh, <laughs> your views drop. I have companies reach out to me and say, hey, you want to review this pedal? And all I think about is, like, man, it's going to produce way less reviews. And it's not like I care about the views. I just think that that equates to you guys not being as interested. So, uh, but I think pedals are cool and they're not going anywhere. So, you know, I just think maybe we don't need, you know, thousands of them. Seas of Neptune, Jimmy says, Phil, did you get the post I sent you, sir? I didn't. Not that I, not that I know of. Uh, Phil, ever tried the Vox AC4 112 amp? I had the Vox AC4 head when they made that. I loved it. Got rid of it. Um, you know, I do weird stuff. I don't really claim to be different than that. Uh, I got rid of the Vox um, because I think at that time I had like 20 small amps. I thought it was going to be cool. I was going to make a tower of small amplifiers and have them all. And somebody told me, one of my, my friends came over and he's like, this is silly, out of control. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and then I realized, you know, when you get a lot of stuff and amps like that, you start not using them and then you get rid of them. Um, I collect, but if I don't use this stuff, it's got to go. It's got to make sense. You know, I have kids and bills to pay like anybody else. I love collecting gear, but I'm not a detriment to myself. Um, this one is Randall. Randall's reposting this. Italia Guitars, Rezo Glass, Thoughts. Um, Italia Guitars was designed by... Um, Wilkinson. So Trey Wilkinson. So uh, so those are cool guitars. They are different. Guitar, you know, hear it all the time. Guitar players don't like different material materials. That, uh, the the Framus I just bought has a Vonkel. I say Avonkel, Avonkul. They were saying Avonkul or something in Germany. I say Avonkul neck. Avonkul. I don't care. Do you care? Oven cool, avoncule neck, uh, which is different. Not not maple. Not I thought that was one of the cool things about the guitar. I thought, wow, that's a really interesting different wood to use on a neck. That was really cool. It has a rosewood fretboard. I kind of wish it didn't, because then it would be a really interesting guitar being kind of different like that. But um, I don't think I care what guitars are made of, as long as, like I said, if they sound good, they are good. 
Jamie says, 520 people wa- watching and 100 likes. Hit the like button. Yeah, that'd be cool if you guys want to hit the like button. Um, so here's a fun fact for you. I think I told you this before. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's kind of fun to know. You know, YouTube doesn't care if it's like or dislike. I get the same kind of credit. <laughs> Maybe more you will hit the dislike button now that you know that, but it doesn't really matter to me. It's just funny in the irony of trolls. You know, when pe- trolls put negative comments and you put thumbs down, you know, YouTube, the way they use that, that's interaction. As long as you're creating interaction, they'll create share your video. So really, as people try to mess you up, you know, by saying negative things and putting thumbs downs, they actually are caught. It's possible on YouTube to make as much money on a video that is everybody hates it as long as everybody likes it. Um, in fact, probably more so. That's why a lot of videos try to upset you. So what's funny is the, the only way trolls can win, I'm not picking on trolls because uh, that would be, you know, kind of not fair. But the only way you can win if you really hate a YouTube video or a YouTuber is you got to not watch it and stay the heck away from it because as soon as you interact with it, you're helping it. So, uh, oh, uh, Indri- uh, I don't know how to say your name. I'm going to say cold. In, in, Indril Cold said, already ditched your diamond guitars? Nope. They're actually in the other room. Well, the one. I sold one to my friend Jamie, um, but I have the other one. Uh, no, it's just not in rotation right now. You know, to be honest with you, what happened was I sold the um, the one that I reviewed to my friend who owns an AC company, but the I decided I wanted to get a different one, either the orange or the, or the gray one. And he's been out of stock. So when I got that one, I loved it. But when Jamie wanted it, I thought, well, you know, it's better off. He wants it more. Um, <laughs> hold on. I just want to finish this before I say something. Um, and uh, uh, so anyways, uh, that's what I did with it. So I have the other one in the other room. I like it. I'm just debating if I want to sell it and get this, you know, get the, the, the orange one if it comes in stock. Uh, Space Jet says, Phil, any plans on a spinoff channel? Know your beer. I actually own the channel Know Your Beer. Isn't that funny? Never probably going to do any. But I own a bunch of channels, so you know, that know your... I think I own 50 know your channels. Uh, and <laughs> I probably... But I don't know my beer, so it wouldn't help. <laughs> Foo Bar Guitar says, can you play some Britney Spears? Oh, of course. You know, you think you're probably... think it's probably funny, but so you know, I, I love Weezer, and Weezer does an amazing cover of uh, Baby One More Time. Uh, Ed Bailey wants to know, Phil, do you know what company makes Dean bass pickups? I don't. That stuff gets too tricky. I'm really not. That's one of the, you know, areas I don't know much about is Dean guitars. So, let's see. Did you try any Hagstrom guitars at GitCon? I did try a few. I own a Hagstrom guitar. Uh, that's Fubar guitar. I have a hollow body Hagstrom downstairs. Uh, and it has a phenolic resin fretboard and stuff. And it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I play it. <laughs> like I told you, this room is sometimes the guitars that don't get played as much. I, 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 I work in here. So I'm either doing videos or I'm doing office stuff in this room. It's So sometimes when I'm not in work mode, I don't want to be in here. Uh, Todd says, Kemper Axe Effects. Haha, just kidding. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't. I don't have ever plans to get either one, but if I did, I'd probably get Axe FX, and only just because I think the Axe FX looks cool. The camper looks like a toaster oven. <laughs> Isn't it stupid to, to think like that? But I think it's fine aesthetically. To Check out the Weezer Say It Ain't So live on Letterman video. That base... Okay, I will. Uh, Nicholas said, did, do you like the Reclaim PRS CE24? I love it. 
probably the guitar I'm playing the most next to my Copper Strat, by far. Um, it overtook my mirror, took over guitar. Hey, see the mirror's in here. There, see the mirror? It's the death, the de where I, you, you get where I'm pointing at. Uh, yeah, the, the Reclaimed, oh, I love that guitar. Plays so great um, and sounds cool and it's great. And, it, and you know what, and I don't have to worry about it because it's got nail holes in it and stuff. It's just cool. Uh, Talon Mars says, Hey Phil, love the show. Thanks. Do you have any clue? What's the difference between Mexican American, uh, fret wire? That's the question. It jumped. Um, nothing now. I hear rumors that it's different. I don't think it is. It used to be pre 2008. The fret wire on the Mexican strats was smaller. Now, if you're talking about the chemical makeup, not chemical, but the material makeup, you know, it's like the American ones using a higher, harder fret wire. I've never been told that. It's very possible. You could probably look at some spec sheet and it probably says that. But dimensions, it's the same dimensions now. Um, the It's tough because in, when the recession happened, Fender made some choices. It's called uh, the Toyota Efficient Manufacturing Process. So they made some choices that even though they're putting some higher grades in the lower component stuff, uh, buying in bulk and having one source for everything and making one area uh, saves money. So there was a lot of stuff in 2008 that changed the Mexicans to make the, those strats better. And the best way I can tell you is this, the fastest way to figure out, um, if the, uh, if your Mexican strat has those upgrades is the main Mexico has been put on the back. It's been removed from the front and put it on the back of the headstock. So there you go. Uh, we already talked about that. Okay, let me take a break. I know uh, this one's probably going to run a little long today, so if you're okay with that. A couple things I thought I'd share with you that was cool from GitCon and other things. I mean, not just GitCon stuff. First thing, if you guys know, I ordered a bass. First, you guys probably know I ordered a guitar. It was this guitar. So uh, this is the guitar that I got, and uh, I really dig it. Uh, some of you guys are probably going to think it's gorgeous, and some are going to say it's ugly, but that's okay. It's purple and blue. Uh, it's really cool. Um, it's behind me now. It's really dark in the corner. I have literally only played it for about five minutes. It showed up about an hour before the, the live show. And then I got a bass. And so in the in the videos, you probably saw me mention I got a bass the same color, but I didn't. I changed it at the last minute. The bass is going to be this color, uh, which is like ocean turquoise uh, with black hardware. So it's a 30-second scale bass. So I'm kind of excited about that. That was really cool. And um, what else is exciting? I like to share a little bit. Um, you know, something that funny happened at GitCon that was really cool, I don't know if you saw, was that Pete Thorne's a funny guy, and he was, like, photobombing everybody. Uh, this is me and Tyler Larson, and uh, he was photobombing us, and he, he did it a lot. I just thought it was funny. It was just because it's a, it's a perspective you don't see of him. You know, he's such a great player and a great guy, you just don't, you know think of him as being comedic but he's a really funny guy too they're really funny phil x of course is funny and 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 pixie uh and 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 phil x had me laughing hysterically a lot so that was kind of cool so it was kind of neat night to meet nice to meet those guys um as well and then uh so that's that was kind of cool i thought i'd share that stuff with you the uh, so hopefully that's kind of like show and tell <laughs> pictures uh, nice base, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Now that model is a slightly different than one I ordered, but not much. It looks pretty much just like that, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, they take six weeks to make a custom instrument, so it'll be here in probably four more weeks. Isn't that crazy? That, that's six weeks. I mean, not even like an exaggeration. They can make a a private instrument in six weeks. So, uh, Timothy says more. Yes, 
more pedals. He's like, more pedals. Yes. Uh, yeah, I like them. I have a few. Um, they're hit and miss for me. Some of them are like, okay, and some of them are great. So um, none of them have been bad, but there's been a few that I've just like, you know, I can find better stuff. But I like a lot of the stuff I have. Purple Rain. Yeah, Fuber's like, Purple Rain, Purple Rain. Yeah, I know. I call it Frankenberry because it makes me laugh when I say that word. Frankenberry, <laughs> like the cereal. Um, let's see. Uh, Tim Allen says, Hey, I think I saw your Fender amp with racing stripes in your collection. Could you tell me more about it? I don't have it anymore. Uh, Ralph has it now. And uh, yeah, it was just a Hot Rod Deluxe with this cool custom painted orange uh, cabinet with racing stripes. I, I loved it. And then I decided to sell it to... Uh, to Ralph, so he has it, and uh, that's it. There's nothing special about it besides that. It has a really cool cabinet. I think they did it in 2007, somewhere on there, maybe 2008 or nine, around that time. Um, so somebody asked if I ever tried the Hagstrom Ultra Suite. I have, and they're cool guitars. Very cool uh, bridge system with the brass blocks. Let's see. Bell in says, since you shut down your shop, you seem to be doing less and less videos. Are you losing the love for YouTube? No, I don't. I don't. What happens is, so what I thought was going to happen, so I, I, I do, for lack of better things, because I don't want to get into it too much, but I have three businesses, and one of them was the store. In the store, there's repairs, which I still do, um, but it was working the store. And I was having trouble working the store and doing the other end things and doing YouTube. So one had to go. So I decided to stop working the store. When I told everybody I would stop working the store, the partnership was like, well, we're, we're done too. <laughs> and mostly because I kind of stopped working the store for a few months before I told everybody I was gone. You know, I was popping in there here and there. But if you saw me, it was just you lucked out because I just happened to be there when you walked in. But I, I wasn't even there for a couple hours a day. I just couldn't do... Uh, videos and that stuff and they were noticing that without me hanging around there and doing stuff that it, the store was losing some momentum uh so long story short that's why they that it closed uh so doing videos the problem is, is what happened was as soon as i started saying hey well i have now more free time to do more videos i started putting out more videos and then the other businesses i have started sucking up more time and they suck a lot of time up and that's what's happening. Like I said, one of the things I do, I'm a consultant. So I do a lot of consulting during the day. And I hate to say it, I, I, I love doing the videos. In fact, this is what I love the most. But consulting pays three to five times more, and actually at least five times more, than what YouTube will pay me uh, to do the same thing. However, that doesn't mean I, I don't want to make videos. I actually want to make more videos. The other problem I have, till, too, is I'm still trying to figure out um, you know, how to do this effectively and keep my integrity. You know? Um, it's tough. The channel gets bigger, and it's pretty big now. This is a pretty substantial size channel. I mean, you know, I think it should need. I'd like it to get a lot bigger, three times the size minimum is what I'd like to to see it get to. Uh, I I would love to see that, but I'm also not naive to notice that it's it's gotten to a really a really big place, um, and um, and there's some things that come with that that you have to be aware of. You know. Um, I love talking to you guys. Everywhere I go, I bump into somebody who's seen the channel. And, and the FedEx driver that dropped off the guitar today, told, first thing out of his mouth when I went to sign for the thing, he's like, hey, I'm a big fan of the channel. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool. Um, and so, I, I mean, I realized that there's this, you know, we've built this community, and, and I love that we've done that. Um, but, uh, you know, you you got to get to a point where, you know, we still haven't 
interacted with businesses by taking their money yet. We're still taking your guys's money from from views, patron, and t-shirt sales. Um, and so that's where I'd like to keep it. Um, so in that, it's really tough because it's I want to interact with the companies too. I'm trying to build relationships with the companies and you guys that are honest and connected in a way that makes sense. Does this make sense? And um, what happens is, I can tell you right now, uh, the, one of the problems I have is sometimes I do a video and, you know, and Tone King was even telling me, he thought this too. He was saying when I did the JoYo stuff, he thought, oh, well, they had to pay you for that because I saw you had all the JoYo stuff. And I said, no, I, I they didn't get paid anything from them. Um, and I didn't want to be, and that's fine. Now, they dual clans, they sent me. I guess that's pay. It's there. They can have it back. I'm done with it now. But they seem to be okay with me having holding on to it. So, um, and eventually maybe we'll, you know, I think about that stuff. Maybe we'll do something with it. Um, I really enjoy playing it, so I get to hang on to it for a while. Um, but anyways, the point of all this is you, uh, is you understand. I'm trying to figure out how to grow this and, and do it in a way that we keep the vibe we've been keeping this whole way, and it's really tough. Um, so that being said, the second thing is, uh, yes, you'll see more videos. I also had a, a very bad personal tragedy in the family that pretty much took me down for a couple weeks, um, so there's no way I could have done anything uh, at that time. So Sorry about that as well, but there's just no way. So, uh, but uh, we're we're back and we're talking about gear. So let's get back to to stuff. Uh, we'll we'll get we'll do a ten or fifteen minutes over. Another exciting uh, thing to to note is that you, if you didn't notice, uh, I'm uploading this to SoundCloud and to iTunes, so you guys can be able to download this. I fixed the thing now; you can actually download them. So that if you want to listen to this on the way to work, you can do that too. It's perfectly free. Um, you know, it's and that's so you know not to be cheesy, but I'm just gonna say it. It's because of these great guys right here that are sponsoring the channel. Uh, David, Justin, Michael, Bradulist, John, and Lawrence, uh, they're, they're making it to where we can make it possible um, to do that because um, SoundCloud and those guys, they charged me to upload to have size of files. So it was nice to be able to say, okay, let's pay for that even though there's no revenue stream from podcasts um, unless we take sponsors, which, you know. So there you go. Let's get back to... Let's take a couple questions. Um, let's see. Okay, No Fear says, I was thinking of putting a guitar together, but don't want any finish on the body whatsoever. Is that okay? Or do you recommend applying some kind of finish? No, no, unfinished guitars are great. Um, no, the uh, the only thing is, you know, that's pretty simple. You just stick with woods that, that do well with no finish. Uh, maple will do well. Uh, mahogany can do well without a finish. You will have to put some kind of oil into it. You know what I mean? Uh, there's all kinds of, you know, suggestions out there. Some I, I know a luthier who uses gunstock oil, and he, it's just something he uses. But, no, you don't have to put a finish on a guitar. There's no, there's no nothing to do with that. Um uh, Scotsman68 says, do you think that the Thornbuckers would be good replacement for stock pickups on a blacktop Strat? Looking for clarity. Man, I love these Thornbuckers. So I didn't want to say that because it's such, I'm such in the honeymoon mode with them. I just had them. I just got them right before I went to GetCon. Uh, if you guys watch the Pete Thorn video, if you could see it in my face, it's 100% honest when I'm telling him I had trouble all week telling him I just got them because it's, you know, I hope you guys can relate. It's like it's like meeting somebody and be like, yeah, I bought your signature stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and uh, I just didn't want to come off too fanboyish uh, with with Pete because you know he's a he's a channel I highly respect and I really enjoy and I've been watching him for years. So it's um it's a different feeling 
to to hang out with something you know you're hanging out with a channel you've been watching for years and you 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 know you aspire to be and you're like this guy's right here and anyways uh but he he was a really cool guy but anyways i, I really like them great pickups um I wouldn't throw them in everything because one of the downfalls is they're low outputs. So they don't really push amps. You get all this great creamy tone. Um, like I said, uh, what I, what's great about those pickups? Man, blues, they got it. Rock, d- absolutely. But metal, hard rock and metal, they're not there. You know what I mean? So I would stick away from, stay away from those. Um, but I will tell you this. If you're thinking about Thornbuckers and maybe you're trying to decide if... I can tell you without a doubt, I have nothing bad to say about the Thornbucker neck pickup. It is the best neck pickup I've ever played. And I could honestly say I'd put that almost in every guitar. Uh, the bridge pickup is fantastic and I love it. However, if I wanted to really push an amp or if I wanted really a little get the amp really aggressive, there's other pickups that are more aggressive. I just preferred the Thornbucker. Um, for the price point, it's a little hard to stick them in every guitar though. So uh, there you go. Uh, Mario says, hey, Phil, do you think PRS is going to do a Strat copy again in the near future uh, in their SE line? I don't know about the SE line, but definitely the, the John Mayer thing seems to be kind of happening. So, you know, they the John Mayer leaked a picture of it or played it on stage. The PRS guys told me they had no idea he was going to do that. So that wasn't staged or a, a marketing leak. Um, he just does what he does and they can't stop him because he's John Mayer. Um I would imagine as soon as they make a John Mayer type Strat type guitar, they'll make an SE lineup. I think that's a smart thing to do. I think at this point, I, I can't imagine they don't do that. So, um, I would, I would, I would think it's cool. But a lot of people probably won't enjoy that headstock on a Strat style guitar. I saw a lot of that feedback on the John Mayer video. Uh, Takar says, "How cool was it to play on stage at GitCon? What was the experience like? It was scary as hell because uh, it was Phil X. See, he's uh, and he's a crack up, as you could see. He's loaning my loaning me his hair in this video in this picture. Um, and uh, <laughs> that guy, you know, what's great is uh, I can honestly say this: ninety nine percent of the people of their YouTube channels act like their channels, <laughs> Phil X." That intensity, that's him all the time. When you're all tired and you really have no physical, like I have just no energy, he was on 10. <laughs> he was just good. He's just, which is fun because it's infectious. Uh, so, uh, and well, I can tell you this, get, getting on stage, because what you didn't see, if you watched any of the live stuff, if what you didn't see was, you know, we were working from nine in the morning till 11 at night. So it was get up at like, you know, 6.30, get down there to have breakfast at 7, 7.30, get in a van at 8, 8.30, go to the factory at 9, have a little meeting, you know, just, you know, tell us what's going on, what not to do, what to do with the, you know, because like when me and TK went to the warehouse and that was not a good thing to do, apparently they told us not to do it. And um, so, uh, you know, there's reminders like, hey, please don't do that and please don't, you know, take drinks into the rooms and stuff. Anyways, and then from 9.30... You worked until six making videos and doing stuff, which is fine. Six to seven, you had dinner. And then seven to nine was the live show. So you're doing the live shows. And then nine to 11 was jamming live. So the problem was a lot of us like me, I hate to say it. You probably saw it a lot. I was exhausted. I was sitting on a couch in the other room sometimes and they're calling me to come out there. And I was like, I'm exhausted. Because then when you got back to your hotel, you get to a hotel at like 1130. Then 11.30, you can imagine, you're excited to hang out with these people. So 11.30 to like 1, 2, 3 in the morning, probably 2 in the morning. So 11.30 to 2, you're talking with the other YouTubers. And then you go to your room. And then from like 2 to like 5 a.m., you were editing videos. 
and then you go to sleep at 5 a.m. and wake up at 6.30. I'm not kidding. That was like a normal routine. I, I lost my voice by Thursday. Um, so, uh, so, but that all being said, no, it was amazing because here's why it was amazing. Because Phil X is this amazing guitar player and this amazing musician who, besides all that, is just a good dude. And he doesn't make you feel like you're ruining anything when you go up on stage with him. You know, he he actually has a way of making you feel like you added something. You, you were there adding value. So, um, no, it was great because Phil made it great. So I want to just say that because it was, it, was, it was great. I mean, it was just fun. So, um, yeah, Guy says, I love Mary Spinner at GitCon. <laughs> she is amazing. Uh, you know, I think if you didn't take away, a lot of people could, I don't think understood her at first, uh, cause they like, she could sing, but she can play too. Um, Jim Brown says, Hey, still use Wigan brand pickups. I do. They're in my other strat. You know what it is? I want to put them, I want to get his new humbuckers and put them on guitar. I think I've said this like five times now. And then I procrastinate and I don't do it. Uh, so I, I need to do it. In fact, I've been thinking about when I bought this, um, Fram's guitar, I almost had that in mind in my head. Like, wouldn't it be cool if I put these cool matching rosewood, uh, bobbin pickups on there to match the neck? Um, let's see. Uh, who can't? Oh, he said, Scotty, Tom says, I can't say anything negative. I can say anything negative. You just got to ask the right question. That's the trick. You, you know, anytime I say, uh, um, What's funny is uh, I get in trouble with companies all the time for saying negative stuff in person. Happens all the time. So but you got to ask the right question. Pretty sure I've answered this. Best guitar amp that takes pedals. Oh, I think the Hot Rod Deluxe. You know what I mean? Any kind of Fender amp takes pedals well. So uh, Matthew says, hey, ever consider attending Bruce Agnator's amp building class? No, I haven't thought about it. But you know what? That'd be cool. I wonder if they'd let me film it. If they let me film it, I'd do it. Then I could share it with you guys. I'd do that. So, uh, hey, Phil, about GitCon, I think it was a lot of content for such a short while. Maybe the next year you can film a bunch and leave the editing for when you get back, releasing videos uh, every so often. Yeah, Edgar, you know, it was, it's tough. It was hard to figure out. Um, and I think we made a lot of mistakes, and I think we did a lot of great things at GitCon. Um, and, and and I think the Tome King, when we were talking to him and we were at the music stores, I think he nailed it. He said, you know, what we really should have done is more behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, just us hanging. You know what? There were so many cool conversations that I was having with a, in a table with all these guys. But to me, the best things at GitCon, and, and I, this is horrible to tell you guys this because you missed out, you know, I, but I'm, uh, was the breakfast. Every morning I was sitting there and I'm like, I'm right next to Pete Thorne and Phil X and Pixie Licks and Robert Baker and the Tone King and Leo, you know, and we're, we're literally having the best, most candid conversations ever. And none, and all of us were saying the same thing. We're like, why didn't we film that? And it was because we were eating and we didn't want to film it. But it was the best conversations I've ever had in my life <laughs> and uh, about gear, about uh, the politics, the business, about everything. It was just amazing. And um, and so now I know that's that's what we got to do. We got to let you in to see that. That's where GitCon needs to be to let you in. So, um, yeah, and Fubar says, "Hey, you should get a mailbox for questions before the uh, you go to GitCon." Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we learned. Uh, the other thing I I, I think is delegating. Uh, Hinning Polly took and and he did all that. He did that whole thing pretty much by himself with some helpers. And I think now we realize maybe we should have delegated. You know, I I I've, I've I don't know if they're gonna let me do it, but I've I've requested to run the live show. 
next year. I'll do all the live shows. I'll set up the questions, the QAs. I told him, I said, it would be really cool instead of just doing the cliche, like, hey, this tone would a thing or death of the guitar, just to have candid conversations and involve you guys with more QA and stuff. Um, and broadcast on multiple channels so you guys can see it. So there you go. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, Roller69 Rockin'. Roll 69 Rockin' says, I'd sure rather see GitCon stuff than NAM stuff anytime. Yeah. Well, if you guys uh, follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you saw that I was um, talking about whether or not I should go to the NAM or not. And uh, 90% of you guys said I shouldn't go to the NAM. And whether I go or not is relevant. I wanted to see what you guys said. And I really love that you guys are honest and cool about stuff. You know, and... And you guys, I, 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 what I think is what you think. I, I, I want to make sure we're all thinking the same thing. I think the same thing you think. The NAM is loud. It's not very personable, and it's not very exciting for you to watch on videos anymore because you're just watching pretty much what Guitar World guitar player uh, does, which is just go to booth to booth. So um, believe it or not, we have, we have a, a Skype meeting next week, and we're hoping to come up to see if we can come up with something new for you guys. GitCon was supposed to be about for you guys. We kind of, this is my personal opinion. I got greedy at GitCon. I'll admit it. I, I don't know if other YouTubers would share this. Uh, I, I got so excited about what I was experiencing. Sometimes I forgot to remember you guys, and I really feel bad about that. But, it, you know, it was just amazing being there. Um, and so I think that's what something next year we, we can include more uh, of the community into it. And I think that's what the idea maybe for NAM this year is. Maybe we can do something where we can include you guys into it, make you guys part of it instead of just watch it. Um, uh, Justin maybe says, hey, Phil, thanks for all you do for us. Uh, you know what? That's It's not what I do for you guys. It's 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 just, you know, it's just us hanging out and talking gear and you guys, you guys have made this you know, the best experience ever. And I'm really glad, and thank you, I forgot who said it, but I'm glad somebody brought up that I've been making less videos. I feel like I make a lot less videos too. Um, and I want to make more. Uh, I would like to go to a minimum three a week. But so you know, when I start putting out videos, I get a little nervous you guys get sick of them too. But I promise, uh, you know, if you guys get sick of them, maybe you just won't watch them. I'll put them out no matter what. Okay, so then we're going to do a, just a couple more quick questions and we'll call it. Um, because I went so, uh, and uh, something to mention to, the, the, to all the cool guys uh, that sponsor the channel, I'm going to do a couple extra live shows because we, we missed them because of, you know, my personal issues. So we're going to add some more live shows. I'm still going to do a live show of just the, the Joey Wham. I plan to do that next week. Uh, so next week, I, don't, don't, don't quote me. I'm hoping to have three live shows in the next uh, week. Uh, one for the thing and two to make up for the stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Mojo Penguin says, you know, you guys have the coolest names, Mojo Penguin. Um, you need a, uh, you need your Dr. Phil talk show for next GitCon. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking, right? You need, you need somebody to, to kind of control it. Um, and uh, William says, I'd love to see Glenn or Gearman Dude as guests. Oh, okay. So guests, what you have, if you guys, you guys have figured, had to figure this out by now. We've all become friends. That's why, like, Tone King, when he was in town, he's like, let's hang out. We did a little video. Uh, Tone King did a video. I think it's cool. He, uh, he, had, he got me, kind of put, you know, videotaped us, and we did some stuff with Sam Ash. He'll probably put it on his channel next week, knowing, knowing TK. Um, I didn't do anything for the channel. I did something just for the Instagram. It's just a little, little nothing. Um, but, yeah, we're all interacting now. Uh, Pete Thorne's definitely going to come on this live show. That's something he said he was interested in doing. Um, m believe it or not, 
anybody that's at GitCon will come on the live show. So anybody you want, put that in the no, in the in the thing. It'll happen. Um, and then the there, doesn't matter if you. It's not that you won't get picked. Every name will eventually come. You know, to be honest with you, I only didn't bring people on immediately because I kind of got the sense everybody was getting get a little get conned out and I just want to give everybody a little break and I didn't want everything that we do on this channel to feel like a get con thing forever so that's why I didn't do it but I can have Glenn on he'll come on in a second uh gear man dude would you know right would love to they would love to we we honestly can say uh we're all friends you know what I mean uh I mean we all if you haven't heard it we all said it. it's just it was just nice so uh Okay, I'm sorry. Comment about trick-or-treating. See my tweet. Will you visit Anderton's? Um, <laughs> trick-or-treat, see my tweet. <laughs> Will you visit Anderton's? Um, if I'm there, yeah, of course. I would love to visit Anderton's. It's a cool guitar store. I love guitar stores. Um, those guys are, so you know, they're so huge. That's why they don't. Uh, oh, everybody's Felix. Felix would come on the live show. If you guys want to see Felix come on the live show, I'll reach out to him. I'll text him next week. So, because he can pretty much chime in from anywhere in the world. Man, you guys really like Felix. Yes, Phil. Yeah, right. He's. I think I'm. I think I'm a slightly better guitar player now because of just being around him. I I have never experienced that in my life. I I would love to say just like touching his jacket or something made me a better guitar player, but just being around him and watching him and hearing him explain things. Uh, I, I got a couple things that I don't think I understood before about guitar. And um, that was really cool. Um, and that's, you know, that's why I said it was a really cool experience. Um, okay, it says, uh, Space Jazz says, Phil, any concerns of uh, com- competition forming between you folks who run gear channels? Hoping not, hoping not, but, you know, human nature of it all. No, you know what? No, not really. Because I can tell you, here's what, here's what happens. Um, and this is where, like I said, I, this channel is all about just being upfront. Remember, I talk about honest questions. And, you know, I'll give you an answer. Here's the truth of it. The truth of it is, companies treat me like crap, as a whole. Um, and that is a consistency. When I sat, like I told you about the breakfast tables, and when we sat, you had channels with two hundred thousand subscribers, um, you know, millions of subscribers, hundreds of thousands, you know, hundred thousand subscribers, and we're sitting in a room. And we all had a recent story within the last week of being at GitCon where a company basically ins- was was rude or condescending to us. And all we're trying to do is share their product with viewers. And that's it. And um, and because we love gear. I love gear. I just want to talk about it. But we, what's interesting is there is a perception out there from a lot of companies in our industry that this YouTube is like a fly-by-night thing, that YouTube will just go away, <laughs> right? It's probably true. Who knows? But the important part is you guys are watching. Um, and when you talk to companies and you ask them for things, um, you know, I think very easy things. I've had companies where I'm asking like, hey, will you ship me this thing and so I can check it out? And they're not interested. Or I've asked to come by there and check things out and they're not interested. And I understand that. And I always thought like, well, you know, who am I? You know, nobody. But I sat in a room with eight or nine other YouTube channels that I perceived even bigger than me and they flat out telling me the same thing. It was really interesting. So the point is, I don't, none of us really see it, see it as we're, we have a problem with comp- competition. What we saw was, is we saw a con- consistent across that, you know, when we interact with you guys, 
you know, um, I think a lot of times, and I and I and I I I realize it like this. I look at a channel. I don't want to call anyone out. I look at a channel that I really looked up to, and I go, "This is a great channel." And then to have them tell me basically that companies say, "Ah, you know, we rather not work with you," <laughs> and you're like. I don't understand, you know, like the, there's a fear and a lot of companies have fear of us. There's a lot of that um, uh, in the idea that they don't know what I'm going to say. Um, I, I was talking about when I when I left to get con, a company asked me if I would review one of their pedals. And I said, yeah, yeah, send it to me and I'll review it. Uh, and then you just have to pay to have it sent back. And then they sent me a contract on what I would do. And it was, I would make sure that all my comments are positive, that I would give a favorable review. This is what I agreed to, to get this pedal sent to me. I would um, make sure that no other products are visible in the video with the product. I would also make sure there's no comparisons. And I would also delete any negative comments that any of the viewers put about the product. And to me, what I find upsetting about that is not that somebody was imposing this on me, is that, man, this company doesn't understand what YouTube is. That's the old way. That's the that's an ad. You mean you want me to make you an ad? Well, then why don't I just create an ad channel and you can pay me and I'll run ads for you, I guess. And then my viewers will know it's an ad because I'll put, you know, I'll, like a NASCAR, I'll have their brand and printed, printed everywhere. And I'll be a NASCAR guy and I'll be like, yeah, this is sponsored by this brand, obviously, as I tell you only great things about it. Um, and so when I went there frustrated from stuff like that and to talk to the YouTubers to tell me, yeah, yeah, I have that same problem too. <laughs> and I go, yeah. And, um, or scripts, <laughs> there was scripts. <laughs> they send you scripts, <laughs> what they want you to say. Now, no one's ever sent me a script to say exactly, but they'll send me like, you will say this, you will mention this, you will point to, I've had that one too. You will point to the, and make sure you turn the function on and off for the viewer. And I'm like, that's an ad. That's not, that's not even a review or a demonstration of the product. It's just, you want me to r run an ad for you. Um, so to answer the, back to that question, do I, do we worry about us, you know, being in competition with you? No, because a lot of us have the same issues with trying to keep this, um, above board in the community. And, um, and at this point, um, what was great is I've, I've seen now what can happen, uh, to a company to watch, uh, Framus Guitars pay. I was on a, uh, a sat, talk about a, a really cool thing to say. I was sitting on a balcony with Hans Peter, that's the owner of Framus Warwick. And uh, he was smoking a cigarette. I don't smoke, but he was smoking a cigarette. And we were looking out at the beautiful Mark Newkirchen countryside and we're talking to each other. And he flat out told me nicely, he could have bought a Porsche for what it cost to, 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 to do GitCon. And he specifically, the reason, so you know why I was sitting on a balcony was I went to his desk. He doesn't have an office. He sits with the employees. I'm not making this up, by the way. He sits in a cubicle with all his employees. I walked up to him and I said, where's your office? And he goes, this is my office. And I'm like, you don't have an office office? And he goes, no, I sit here with everyone, of course. And I said, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. You, you're the president of the company and you sit with all the employees. Of course. Of course. I understood what he meant, but I told him, I said, that's, that's a great thing. And so it's funny was I went to say thank you, you know, for doing this and I want to talk to him. And he flat out, I said, yeah, I haven't seen you. And he told me flat out he has been hiding from everyone because he doesn't want anyone to feel like they have to do anything while they're here. He said, I know I paid for it, but that's the end of it. It's really, he's just doing a social experiment. He wants to see what happens if he creates this environment. 
with you know that Henning wanted to do. So so seeing companies like that that are saying, hey, yeah, I he told me it was very nice. He said, I don't understand what you do. I don't understand YouTube. I don't even understand anybody why anybody watches you. Not in a negative way. He wasn't insulting me, but I I understood what he meant. He's like, why would somebody watch some guy in his house talk about gear? I don't get it, but I get that there's a community out there that gets it. And um, so, you know, he'd like to be a part of that. And of course, the the long-term dividend is his brands will get acknowledged. You know, he's going to get acknowledged now, but be honest with you, I bought that guitar. So that's my reciprocal brain. My brain says, this guy uh, flew me to Germany because he paid for my ticket. He paid for my ticket and he put us up in a hotel. They didn't get paid to go. We just didn't have to incur a lot of expenses. I... GitCon costs, uh, you know, a small amount of money, just some of my travel expenses. But they paid for an airline ticket and a hotel, and they said, do whatever you want. And um, and the point of that is, so then I said, well, then I want to reciprocate because I'm excited about this. I want to buy a guitar. Now, the bass was easy because I've been wanting a bass for about 10 years from them. But anyways, I know that's a long speech. But uh, so to answer your question again, no, I don't think it's – if anything, I think we've built a stronger community for it. So – Cool Modi says, I don't even watch TV. I haven't had a TV in seven, eight years. So, yeah. Um, the uh, Let's see. It says, who was missing from GitCon that you wish was there? I, I wish Guitar Samurai was there. Um, and, of course, I wished um, more people were there. Uh, I think that, um, you know, I'd like to see more uh yeah, oh, uh, two things. Uh, yes, I wish there was more people there. The 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 problem with GitCon, of course, is it's in Germany in the middle of nowhere, so it's it's problematic in it's in, in the fact that a lot of YouTubers are in the U.S. and in England. Um, that's the majority of them. There's Australia, of course, they're everywhere in the world, but the majority of what we see gear channels there. And um, so, no, I think eventually, if they they don't realize they're going to have to do like a USA GitCon kind of thing, um, you know, that's and then that will help more YouTubers get there. Um, but no, but Guitar Samurai just because I like his channel and I'd like to meet him too. Um, the CEO of uh, Watchmen for You says the CEO of Gib- Gibson CEO could learn a lot from Hans. I, you know what? I, uh, I agree. That was a really cool dude to meet. To to meet a guy, you know, his son, his son works in the factory, and his son's going to inherit the factory. There's, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no. Uh, misconceptions about that he's the guy who's going to take over warwick when it's over but he makes him work in the factory so so yeah it's cool to watch it there's a there's a there's definitely different ways to run businesses isn't there um uh but so you understand and this is the other thing that's interesting um uh and then uh, uh, ted roland says factories want free advertising instead of reviews Yes, I agree. And something to point out too, and I don't want to get too fanboyish on the whole Framus Warwick thing, but I just want this to be understood. You know, he's really hardcore about a lot of things that he believes. One of the things is Framus Warwick is not going to grow their company uh, more than so many guitars a month. He flat out said it. They have a they he he doesn't like companies. This is what he said. I don't like companies that think like quarterly. How fast can we make money and money, 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 money? He says that always ends in problems. He says, you know, he's trying to build a legacy for his family. 
Um, so what's, what's interesting is he pays all this money. He does all this stuff for GitCon. He really doesn't force the Framus Warwick thing down anybody's throat. I mean, everybody who watched those GitCon things, you got that he sponsored it. But he was the money guy. So, of course, he's paid for it. Um, but he didn't force it. And so, you know, every time you saw those logos, that was literally told to the YouTubers. That's their discretion to put that stuff up. Now, of course, the way they treated us, it made us want to put that stuff up. But as you know, no one told us to put any logos up. They just said, hey, if you want to, here are the logos. These are the companies that paid for this to happen. It's up to you guys. Um, but the reason why I thought that was interesting is, is Framus Warwick makes like 100 instruments a month, and that's pretty much what they want to do a month. So to put that scale, PRS makes like 1,200 a month to 1,000 a month. And Fender makes like 1,000 American guitars a day. And you get you get these numbers. Framus is very Framus works very small company, um, so it's not as big as as we thought when we got there. And it doesn't seem to want to grow much bigger than that. He seems to to you know we were talking and, and shooting ideas, and we were talking about yay, what about this and this? And he was saying, well, you know, if we did that, we'd have to grow, we'd have to do this, and that's not what he wants to do. That's not his focus. He he really feels like so you know this is what he said. He really feels like you can only control quality up to a certain size, and then after that. You're, you know, to get good people. He's like, people, good people equals good quality. And you can only get so many good people. After so so long of just needing bodies, you're going to hire employees that are going to make bad decisions. And those decisions are, are going to affect the customers. And the last thing, so you know, is it's really hard to talk to Hans. And you want to know why? Because the entire time he's talking to you, he's answering the customer service phone line, talking to the customers. And that's absolutely true. Anybody who wants to talk to Hans can talk to Hans. He's literally on the phone all day with customers about anything so there you go okay now let's go um we'll do two more questions and we'll call it because it's an hour and a half and i want to do a little long because we went a little uh, late we haven't done a, a live show in a little while uh terry fisher yeah phil i feel like i'm in a car dealership every time i'm at a guitar center now uh no heart just sell 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 yeah, like I said, Terry, me and me and me me and uh, Tone King, we went to the Sam Ash local in town. Those guys came out right up to us. Uh, really cool. Um, I will tell you something interesting about Guitar Center, and you guys tell me if you think this is weird. Um, when I go into mu music stores now, or when I go into the Sam Ashes, when I go into stores, I find it funny. Oh, the employees always shoot me a "Hey, how's it going?" Oh, I seen you on YouTube, um, and not in any you know, not in a cool, you know. Like, famous way but just in a, like a notoriety like hey i've seen this bald head somewhere before except for guitar center i don't think uh, maybe one no no employees at guitar center just the ones that knew me local and so i always think it's funny the guitar center employees don't even know that i'm on youtube at all and i wouldn't find that weird except for i've almost you know like me and tone king me and tone king were in stores uh this week and every store, somebody came up to us that worked there and said, hey, I, I like your channels, or I know your channels, or I've seen you. And uh, we were talking, and very personable. And, and But Guitar Center employees not only didn't know what to say anything, but what's funny is, like I said, when we were at the Guitar Center, we were there forever, and not one employee tried to help us. In fact, there was a Schecter guitar used I wanted to buy, and it was high up, and we couldn't. Uh, Tone King was trying to get me to get the ladder and go do it, and he would videotape me getting it. Um, but there was an employee to make a scowl about not getting the ladder, and then they said, well, I'll get you somebody to get it down for you. And then we never saw anybody again. So, yeah, I, I definitely get that it's impersonable, you know, impersonal there. Um, so, yeah, that kind of stinks. Okay. Uh, 
You know, Alexander says Guitar Center employees are like Best Buy employees. I actually don't agree. Here's why. I think at heart, Alexander, we're on the same page, but I think Best Buy employees are better. Here's why. Because if I want a printer, they always will go up and get it down and get me a printer. Like there's always a best employee. If they ask, if I ask them a question, they'll go do it. Guitar Center employees have this weird thing that they do. And it's almost like I'm almost, uh, I'm getting paranoid. Maybe they train them this way. They're, you can't find them <laughs> to ask them a question or get something. And if you don't want them around there, they're trying to sell you. It's the weirdest thing. It's like they have the the most interesting ability to to be non-helpful sometimes and also aggressive in selling. <laughs> so I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, uh, Michael says, why is the Roland Blues Cube much uh, much more than the Boss Katana? I don't know. And they priced, they're priced way higher, and I don't think they're much better. Um and the only thing I can think of is Roland maybe perceives the brand Roland as being more premium, so they got to add more dollars. Plus, that technology was made. Uh, maybe the katanas can be made a lot in, less ex- inexpensively. But my guess is it probably is just as simple as they set the pricing and they get more premium for those. Uh, Alexander says, I go to Sam Ash for lessons every week for two years. Best music place. Yeah, the, I'm lucky. The, the Sam Ash that's here in town is fantastic. They're... Uh, it's the it, they're just nice guys. Every time I go in there, it's super super cool, uh, low key, and they have lots of cool used gear there. Um, uh, let's see, um, Watchman for you says GC destroys Gibson guitars with hammers. Yeah, you watch. Uh, what's that guy? The hold on, I want uh, the guitar. Not the guitar collector. What's he called? It's the guitar. Somebody tell me. I watch his channel. I just started recently watching it. I feel horrible. I should I should know this. Um cuz it's got a weird name to it, but it's the guitar something. Yeah, uh he 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 pulled some guitars out of dumpsters that had hammer marks and stuff. Um Unfortunately, being in that side of the business, I really understand why they do that more than more than what I saw in his videos. Um there is there is um so let me t- ch- time you in. We'll end with this. Okay, ready? So what he's talking about, that's watching for you, is that as a guitar person, the guitarologist or something like that, uh, went into a dumpster and showed that they took a Gibson Les Paul, one of the satin colored ones, and they took a hammer and smashed it all up and took all the parts off of it and threw it in the dumpster. And he was saying, look, man, isn't this horrible? They could do all this stuff with this guitar. But there's a there, there could be, I'm not saying there is, there could be a different part of the story. So let me give you a different part of the story. And I'll, I'm going to say it to Watchman for you because you're the one that put the comment up. So Watchman, let's say you go to my store and I sell you a guitar. We won't even talk about Gibson. And um, I sell you a guitar that's $800, okay? Because that's about what that guitar was. $800. And you get it and you have an issue with it, okay? It's defective, okay? And you bring it back to the store. And I go, okay, it's defective. Now, you don't want the guitar because it's defective. That's You want a new one. I contact the manufacturer. Now, they could refurbish it, just like we talked about the early part of this video, about seconds and refurbishes, but that's not what the customer wants. The customer wants a new guitar. You paid a new price, you want a new guitar. So I contact the manufacturer and I say, okay, here's the deal. I sold them this guitar. It's defective. I need a new one. And they say, okay. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to crunch the numbers. And here's the numbers, really. If the guitar is 800 bucks, we're going to say Guitar Center paid... 450. They don't get double mark. They get close to it though. So we'll say 450, maybe even $500. But we'll say four, $500 to make it safe. So they pay $500. That's 
That's what Guitar Center paid for it, $500. The manufacturer makes a lot more than that. They always tell people to make 10%, but they're talking about profits. We're talking about, you know, because costs are really in advertising, costs are in shipping, costs are in uh, employees and factories and buildings. But the physical cost of a guitar like that is probably like $200, okay? So they can build that guitar for $200, physically, just the guitar. Not, not shipping, not any of that stuff, not the employees, just raw materials, $200. Okay, so here's the problem for the manufacturer. If they ship that guitar back, they got to pay the shipping. Shipping is $35. Then they get the guitar and they fix the issue. We already talked about the fact in the beginning of the video, the guitar can now only be sold legally as a refurbished product, okay? So they fix the issue. Let's say it costs $100 to fix the issue. So the guitar costs $200 manufacturer, add $100 to refurbish it, add $35 to ship it back because it has to be shipped by itself instead of container. Then you gotta reship it out to a dealer who's gonna buy it now as a refurbished. That's if they sell it to a dealer. Let's say we do what the guitarologist says and give it away. Now they can give it away. Now the cool part is they can claim the guitar's value is whatever, higher value, but you know, but the truth is they can claim it's that $500 so that manufacturer can get a $500 write-off. But the truth is sometimes it's just easier for the manufacturer to go ahead and just send out a replacement product. Now here's the trick. They don't wanna send out the replacement until they know that product has been destroyed. Now, the argument is that's not the right thing to do. The problem though, and I'm not saying it is, I'm just giving an, an, a countering point. One of the points is they're really focused at that point on the original customer. They need to take care of the customer as fast as they can. I agree, there's better things they can do with the guitars than that, for sure. But I'm just trying to give you an example. Now, what I will say to that, to that video that I saw was that guitar was kind of a pricier guitar to see that done. I could tell you that on $99 Fender Acoustics, if no matter what's wrong with it, they tell you to smash it and they send a new one out. Now, we didn't smash them at my store. <laughs> so, you know, we never smashed any of the $99 Acoustics. We would get a defective acoustic about once a month from Fender, uh, Fender Acoustic FA100. Uh, and we would... Uh, we would fix them, I would fix them, because I can fix them, and we would remove all serial numbers from them, and then we gave them away. So that's what we did with them. Uh, Fender just really cared that the serial number was destroyed. So that's what I did. I'm sure if you know Fender probably really wanted it destroyed, but that's what we did, because I think that's the right thing to do. However, um, in fact, sometimes we would cannibalize them to fix other, fix other people's guitars. We had a mom come in, she bought one, and uh, from a guitar center and it had defective tuning keys, two of them. And we had one that had a defective bridge and we just cannibalized the tuning keys and fixed hers for free and sent her on her way. So there's ways you can do it and I agree with that. But I'm just trying to give you ex explanation. Sometimes the, the manufacturers and the, and the retailers, they're really actually just focused on the customer. They're just trying to take care of the customer as fast as possible. And the customers are really unforgiving now. You gotta understand when you're there and you bought your Gibson and you're like, I paid full price for this Gibson and it better be right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, they sometimes go that route. I'm not saying that's the case, but I've seen it. So there you go. All right, anything else exciting before we go? I'm gonna call it. This was the longest, probably the longest one we ever done. Um, let's see. Uh, I just want to cover, since we got some comments on it, we'll Dave says, I will never buy from GC again after they put my used acoustic as brand new. Yeah, that's, so you know, I've seen uh, Guitar Center do, do silly things. I never take it as they, they, they're criminal in their logic. I think it's just incompetence. So who knows? It's like they don't know, but you could be right. They, um, 
Let's see. Uh, Scottman68 says, Guitar Fetish sells damaged, defective items that come back to them as luthier specials. GC could do the same. Yeah, of course. There's there's a lot to it. But you got to understand from the from the business perspective, again, same with Guitar Center. You you got to... you. I mean, it's just part of business. Throwing stuff away is a horrible thing to do. But you got to figure out the right thing to do it. I, I think the charity angle is always a great way to do stuff. Do stuff with charity. But... You, you, there's other things. If any of you out there, if you know, understand what I'm talking about, especially in this industry, um, you realize that there are some times that you cannot physically figure out how to fix a customer's problem with labor. It's just cost too much money. So it's just faster to do it the faster way. Especially since when you're trying to deal with an issue, you got to take care of the customer as fast and as best as possible. That's your priority every time. Sometimes it, it's it, you need to stay focused on the other things, which is take care of the product and take care of, you know, maybe help the community a little bit. Those are all important things too. But but if you're trying to take care of the customer, sometimes you lose sight of that stuff. And, um, and I think you should take care of all those things, but I'm just saying I understand. Um, uh, somebody said, please ask my Parker question. The problem is, let me see if I can scan it. Oh, somebody's talking about insurance money. Uh, Shellman Blues is saying no insurance money in- involved with. Yeah, there's no insurance for defective stuff or stolen stuff. That's not how it works. Uh, somebody. Oh, Dave's saying they're doing it for insurance money. I can guarantee you there's no insurance money. <laughs> That's not how it works. Uh, my Framus guitar, uh, Shellman. No, uh, Exolander says, "Where's my Framus guitar?" It's now it's physically behind my head. There it is. I'm hoping, I can't guarantee it. I'm hoping that on Sunday I'm going to be doing a live show on the te- on Tone King's channel. And we're going to, we both got our friends guitars. We're going to talk about that. Um, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll tell you guys. You know what? Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll chalk this up to the longest one ever at two hours. D Snap says, Keeley Electronics. How about Robert Keeley? He seems like a down-to-earth guy. I will tell you something that I'm supposed to not tell you guys because you guys are so cool to hang out. 585 people hang out for extra long time. So, I'll, and I'll even do this. I won't put this in in the question index later, so you can only know. So when I was at the show, I, I was hanging out with the JoYo guys, and they're really cool. Terry at JoYo is a really cool guy, and Robert Keeley's standing over on the other side of the room, and I was telling him how cool the Dual Clons was and how cool it was that they used Fabrizio and 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 and, and their designs to make this Dual Clons. And I said, you know, you should probably go over there. You know, Robert Keeley's right there. Why don't you go to Robert Keeley and see if he wants to do an affordable line of Robert Keeley JoJo pedals and mod your pedals? And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Just, hey, he modded tube, he, tube Screamers when he started out. Why couldn't he just mod some JoJo pedals? And then you could do it cool, kind of like that, you know, that JHS uh, boss thing. You know, do a cool thing and maybe make a JoJo pedal that's $99 since, you know, Robert Keeley. Next morning, Terry comes to me and goes, I talked to Robert Keeley. And he goes, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying we definitely talked about it and everybody seemed interested. Um, so it's possible there could be a 60 to $79, $69, $79 Robert Keeley pedal coming out or a series of them even. Um, so Robert Keeley is a cool dude and he was very open to that idea. And I thought that was cool because I think that kind of that could be a really cool thing, you know, right? Take a high-end uh, uh, boutique builder and take a mass-produced uh, economic builder and give you something in the middle. And not so much a Robert Keeley pedal, just saying, hey, what would Robert Keeley do to modify a JoJo pedal? And could JoJo just take his design and just do that already and give you a slightly better pedal for 10 bucks? And they seem open to it. I can't tell you it's going to happen. I'm just going to tell you I suggested it, and they all seemed interested. So, uh 
Um, Kumo D says, give it to an employee and why trash it? I can't tell you that's a bad idea or a good idea. I can tell you, though, that in a lot of companies, if you tell employees that they get the uh, the, the damaged guitars, you will probably get a lot of damaged guitars. <laughs> so, so I'm just kidding. I don't know that to be true. <laughs> so um, the... Um, Terry Fisher says they are keeping the quality as the thing. Almost n- none does that anymore. Oh, I'm, I think you're talking about uh, probably Framus. I got a little sidestep there. Um, and, you know, and ultimately, you know, what I saw, I should probably mention this too, on the Gibson thing, what I saw was, you know, you wouldn't have that problem <laughs> of having to smash up bad guitars if Gibson would just make better guitars. <laughs> so, um, Donald says, "Hey Phil, I have seen cheap Frams guitars lately. Do you have? Do they have an import line too?" I asked them that specifically at the show, and they said they have one coming out. And I said, "And just like you, I said, but I saw inexpensive ones on Reverb, and and I think they they were implying that they did for a, long, a little while, but they weren't happy with the quality they were getting, and they stopped. They didn't say that; it was all implied. They have a new affordable line of guitars coming out in January. It was supposed to be out mid-year this year, but it got pushed back to January again." They're holding for quality. They want the quality to be right on these affordable uh, uh, made in China guitars. Um, so again, another thing that made me laugh. I'm like, so you did get Con to, ha- and it's going to promote your brand, but you really didn't put anything out there for customers to get. And their answer to that was so amazing, uh, which was Han said. Well, yeah, but I felt like we had to get this done, and this is the right time to do it. And even though it was the most beneficial time for us to do it we just did it anyways. So that tells you that he really was thinking of everything else first besides himself. And that was really cool. Like I said, you don't see that. And and that's what prompted. So, you know, the Tone King and I did an interview. You can watch it on the Tone King's channel of, of, of him. It's amazing interview. That interview ended with me and the Tone King going, we got to buy a guitar. We got to buy a guitar from this company. How can I not support this company? So we bought guitars. We were the only two guys that get conned about a guitar. Me and, uh, me and, uh, Pete Thorne bought a bass, uh, and um and ordered a custom bass each uh we did that and me and the tone king bought a guitar um and uh and me and the tone king did the same thing we kind of knew it was a possibility that we might want to buy a guitar hey you're going to a guitar factory you might buy a guitar so we you know i had put a money aside for it and stuff and figured out what i was going to do um okay let's see any other last thoughts anything cool Uh, Boss and JHS is not cheap. Could have done better. Been better. Uh, okay, Gregory, I, I said that when it first came out, and I got beat up for that when I said I thought $200 was ridiculous. I said the same thing to JoYo and Robert Keeley. I said 100 bucks was the sweet spot for a JoYo pedal, right? Just like Boss. Boss sells an overdrive for 100 bucks. I thought of Robert Keeley, $130, right? $30 bump to get that, maybe $150. Um, what's funny was my suggestion to JoYo and Keeley was like 100 105 bucks for a Keeley or a JoYo pedal, Keely Joya pedal and when they mentioned it might happen they were like oh no and then I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this but I'm telling you guys this uh Keely or Joya was telling me after they talked to Keely Robert was really into the idea of the pedals being really affordable like 70 80 bucks so I was like well that's great you know he, they were talking like 10 20 dollars more for a Joya for it modded by Keely and I go that's what it should be just a little bump you know right because you're not buying a Keely pedal you're ju- just like bought the boss JHS thing you're not buying a GHS pedal JHS pedal you're buying a boss pedal with JHS's modifications so I understand you want to pay him a royalty but what I got kickback from me was people were saying yeah but he's got to hold the integrity of his brand I'm like right but it's not his brand it's a boss you know what I mean 
So, um, yeah, I understand. So, I, like I said, we'll see what happens. Um, Ken wants to know, uh, my, what's my thoughts on Steve I now that Carvin is gone and no more? I don't know. The question I have, which is silly, is not whether or not he'll find another amp brand. I don't really think that's the question for me. My question is, will he continue to play Carvins now that they don't exist? Um, and will this be the catalyst that just makes him say, screw it, and just go to Axe Effects and just be done with amps? Does he really even need, need an amp anymore? <laughs> I mean... When I, I love Steve I, as you guys know, I have two Steve I guitars. I'm a Steve I guy. He was really the, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, the guy that, you know, when I first started playing guitar, that was the first real guitar player. I was like, wow, guitar players besides, you know, power chords, this is what they do. And, um, and, but I don't really think of him as having an amp tone. You know what I mean? His, his stuff is really processed. So he may not even need it. Um, Bell end. Why were Chappers and Captain Lee not at GitCon? Oh, easy. I'll tell you uh, whether I get in trouble or not. Maybe I get disinvited from GitCon for telling this stuff. Uh, Chap Chappers. Well, Captain uh, and Chappers, just like um, Greg Cocken, who's going to probably be there and stuff. A lot of YouTubers, whether you realize it or not, um, they get paid to make videos. I don't mean that in a negative way. Like it's you know, but I mean they're paid, right? They're they're uh, Chappers. Um, you know, he does videos for Andertons. Okay. Um, I don't know his business and I'm not here to tell you stuff I don't know. I don't know what he gets paid or how it works, but I know that he is contracted through Andertons. And the problem is, is when, just like Greg Cock is contact, contracted through um, Wildwood Guitars and Phil X used to be contracted through Americana Music or whatever that was, Ameri Music Americana. Okay. Um, the problem when they come and do YouTube videos at an event like this, they don't get paid. None of us got paid to go. I mean, they, they paid our, 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 our travel, but, um, you know, like you guys know, if I make videos, I, I get paid. If I, if I do repairs, if I get paid, if I do consulting, I get paid. I wasn't doing any of those things when I was there. It's like, it's like taking a vacation, but you're kind of working too. Um, vacation, the idea that you're not getting paid. So a lot of the YouTubers that get paid to make YouTube, uh, it was hard for them to go because it's like they, it's a week of not getting paid and they go and they're really doing what they do to get paid for it. Does that make sense? In other words, they get paid to do this for a living and now they're being asked to go and do it for free. Okay. And I know you're thinking, yeah, but they'll put it on their channels, but I don't think that's how it really works. And, um, I don't know what Andertons would be able to promote unless they were there. So I've actually, so, so that's why I think they weren't there. Now, will they be there now in the future? Now that I got, you know, now that I got some notoriety, who knows? Cause maybe there's an opportunity there. The truth is everyone who flew to GitCon, uh, everyone <laughs> did the same thing I did. They sat on an airplane. I was, it took me 22 hours from the minute I left my front door of my house to the day, to the minute I walked in the lobby of the hotel was 22 hours of traveling to get there, but through layovers, through car drives. Cause it was, I flew from here. Um, I don't know where I went. <laughs> I flew from here to Minnesota, Minnesota. And then it was like Minnesota to, to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Nuremberg, Nuremberg, then a two and a half hour drive at 180 to 200 kilometers an hour, uh, to Mark Neukirchen. Um, so, so that's a lot of travel and then you get there and then you're there for five i was there for six days um and uh uh that's a lot and the truth is when i was flying on the plane there just like every other youtuber going there i was like i don't even know what the heck this is yet i don't even know what's going to happen when we get there you know what i mean and so you know i was uh i was uh i was very 
prepared, like, and I know this to be true. I know Pete Thorne was. I know uh, the Tone King and Pixie were. were um, I don't want to speak for everybody, but again, I've had conversations with some of these people. They were prepared like me that if they got there and this was some weird thing where they were like, okay, now you will promote our brands in this order. We were going to just go back to the hotel room and stay in our hotel rooms for a week. So it was scary going there not knowing what what to do. You know what I mean? What was going to happen? Um, and uh, it was scary going because also too you 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 know you worry. I I've put I put a lot of hours, time, and money into this uh, YouTube thing. You know, realistically as a business, um, I haven't made what I put into it yet. <laughs> right? I'm, uh, you know, it takes a lot of money. You got to buy cameras and mics and all this stuff. And 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 like I said, Patreon helps and and t-shirt sales help and that all helps and it's great. And I'm not complaining. It's been great. Okay, as you guys know, I, I mean, I love this, and it's definitely, uh, it's definitely cool. Um, but that being said, it's scary to put all this time into something like this, and then realize you could go there and ruin it all in a week, because all of a sudden everything that you think is important to you is you're you're alienating that. You're alienating all you that that have put faith into what I do here on my channel. That's that's really important to me. And if it doesn't come across, I, I want to say it again right now. It's important to me that when you're watching whatever you do, know this. I 100% honestly believe in whatever I'm putting out there. I think it's cool. That's why I'm doing it. No one else is manipulating me or and, coercion. And 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 um, unless, of course, you see me all of a sudden driving a Ferrari. <laughs> Maybe then. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't want a Ferrari, but you get the idea. You know, right? I mean, you'll... I'm not saying I'm uh, I'm I'm not bribable maybe but maybe it's got to be a lot of money and enough money that you guys would notice in a minute and I'd tell you to be honest um but that's what I'm saying so um so that's another reason why some of the U- bigger YouTube channels weren't there and some YouTube channels there because it was a shot in the dark to even what it was so and now we're at the final 5 minutes of the 2 hour mark so we'll call it uh uh, oh, okay. Mike Newman says, "Hey, any manufacturers that didn't go to GitCon that were asked to? Only one that I can say was uh, Fender Guitars had really said at the last minute they were interested in coming, and then I guess they let go of all their staff in Europe, all their marketing staff and stuff. So there was nobody there to to man the the, the table, so they didn't go. Um, that's pretty much it. There was a lot of manufacturers. I can tell you this: uh, uh, Hinning, Hinning, for every manufacturer there, Hinning probably got told to." Two or three manufacturers told them no. I can tell you, though, there are manufacturers like Friedman Amps that will be there next year. I saw Dave Freeman when he did the PhilX video. He said he will be there next year. Um, Henning mentioned to me in passing that Dave Freeman had said, you know, he kind of wished he was there this year. Um, and uh, same thing. The manufacturers, they were taking a shot in the dark there. So you understand, to subsidize the cost to Hans, the manufacturers had to pay to be there as well. Right? So they paid to be there. To essentially, they paid to hang out with a bunch of YouTubers for a week. See how crazy this story is? <laughs> some 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 crazy German guy, no offense to German guys, crazy, some crazy German guy goes, hey, you know what? We should get all the YouTubers together in a room for a week. Then another crazy German guy, no offense to Germans, <laughs> said, okay, I'll pay for that. And then a bunch of companies go, okay, we'll pay to be there. What are we doing again? Oh, is there gonna customers are gonna buy stuff? No, 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 no. You just get to talk to YouTubers for a week, and they might, maybe, do videos with your product, maybe, but don't ask them to because it's not guaranteed. In fact, they weren't allowed to ask us or tell us. You see how crazy it was to make an event like that? It was, and so you can imagine. Uh, and I think every I'm 
I'm just going to tell you, of course, I was skeptical the entire way there. That Even though that was what I was told, and I believed it, because I like to believe the best in people, back of my head the whole time going, I know I'm going to get there and this is going to be something else. Nope, it was exactly what they said. Um, uh, yes, uh, Hero says, Hero Glop, see, perfect example about GitCon. He says, hey, there has to be a t-shirt for the first GitCon. There was. They gave them all to us. I said, oh, cool. Where do they buy these online? They didn't sell them online. They were so paranoid um, about this feeling the way they wanted to feel, that it was a community endeavor, that they really didn't want to market to anyone more than what they did. So um, my guess is if you reach out and you want a shirt, they'll they'll sell you a shirt or send you one. I don't know. Um, I would contact Henning Polly about that. Or I'll mention it to him when I talk to him next week, if there's a way to do that. Um, but yeah, they weren't selling the shirts. They weren't doing any of that stuff. Um, I thought it would be a great way to, to build some revenue for the event too. I go, Hey, why don't you sell t-shirts to the, to the viewers that want a shirt to commemorate the first one? So, um, <laughs> Dave goes, it was like the Woodstock of YouTubers. It was, uh, you know, and and uh, like I said, and I think there was a, a lot of good YouTube channels there, and I think there could have been a lot more there that were cool too as well. But um, okay, and <laughs> Rick Duff says, okay, I want one. Yeah, I'll. Um, Sonia wants to know, Hosa Technology, how can I contact you? How can you contact Hosa Technology? Is that what you're saying, Sonia? Or how can you contact me? I mean, t-shirts for YouTubers. Yeah, we all got t-shirts. Um, I didn't wear mine because you know, I was afraid to. I think we were all afraid to. We're like, ah, you know, again, we didn't know how everybody was going to take this. We didn't know what it was going to be. Um, so uh, any more GitCon videos from me? Uh, yeah, I have like five more. You know what it is? I stopped putting them out because they started losing momentum. If you watch them, each one slowly has less views than the next. I think it's because after a while, everybody was like, ah, I'm kind of burning out. If you're interested in them, I, I understand. I will release them. There's a lot of stuff I did that was back footage and stuff I thought was cool. Um, so. Uh, Watchman for You says, I endorse Hosa. I never got any box, great cable connectors. Uh, I'm glad to buy them. Um, yeah, I think that's... Well, I bought Hosa stuff too. In fact, it's funny. I just bought a... Ho for the GitCon, I bought a Hosa adapter and I know for a fact the back of my head I was like, if I contact, they'll probably send it to me. But I was like, ah, you know what? They gave me a bunch of free stuff for no reason. <laughs> so uh, I'll just, you know, reciprocate by getting a... Um, Rick Duff says, or make a KYG GitCon shirt. You know what? I would love to do that. I'm just afraid to to take advantage of the GitCon thing. You know what I mean? Uh, that's their logo. That's their stuff. I could ask them permission to do a GitCon, you know, Know Your Gear shirt. I actually have something in the works to do something funny that's not involved with GitCon and the shirts um, that I think will be fun. Um, and I probably will be taking the shirts off sale for a while. Um, uh, the reason is, is we're going to do something different with the shirts again. That's just how it goes. So we'll see. We'll see what we do with that. Um, okay, and we'll do a last because it got kind of a little chatty, and we'll do the last. Um, oh, uh, uh, Sonia's saying Hosa Technology. Uh, how do you get a. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I usually just go to the contact page on a website, is how I get it. 
So, Random says, uh, I tend to binge watch more now. I binge watch like crazy, so you guys know. Now that I figured out you can speed up things, I watch everybody's live shows at one and a half times speed. It's awesome. It's a little hard to watch mine at one and a half times speed because I talk at one and a half times speed. <laughs> so, um, Mikey Newman uh, is saying hi, I think. Okay, and one back. One, one more. Okay. Uh, somebody said the best thing. I, oh, Jerry said the best thing I could kind of was watching Mary Spinner sing. Yeah, it was really cool being in the room when she sang. Because let me tell you, she's got it. Whatever that is, that magic thing of playing guitar and singing and stuff and being you know perfect every time. You know, just turn it on and go. She's got it. Um, uh. Lane says, hey, you mentioned Gibson quality. Were you were you serious? And if so, can you speak about it? Yeah, you mean, can I speak about why I think Gibson? I just bought a $2,000 Gibson Les Paul. So, you know, I just bought in the last, this year, I bought three high-end guitars. That was my big expenditure. A PRS, a Framus, and a Gibson Les Paul. And without a doubt, the Gibson is nowhere in the same quality league as those other guitars and the way it was built. I mean, it's a cool guitar. I like it just as much in a lot of ways. And sadly enough, in resale value-wise, it's going to be a better resale value. There's a ton of reasons why the Gibson could win in that scenario of those three guitars, but a quality isn't one of them. The, the attention to detail the other manufacturers give was higher. And the reason I know that is because I have, I have issues with my Gibson. It has a couple blemishes and a little couple things that I really don't care about, but they're there. And it's not fun when your friends come over and go, oh, is that the... Is that the gold topless Paul you got in the video? And I go, yeah. And they pick it up and they go, oh, what's that? And I go, oh yeah, yeah. That's got a little nick in the in the in the uh, you know the binding. And they're like, oh, when did that happen? When I bought it. That's how it comes out of the box. <laughs> so, uh, oh, you know what? Uh, Taki Chen. I don't know how to say it. Talk you, Chen says, why is it so hard to find a set neck single coil guitar? You sent me that email uh, question. I didn't respond to it because I actually just started doing research on that to see what guitars are out there so I can just, you know, the same thing I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to do more research. So I, instead of just answering it off the cuff, I want to, I'm, I'm curious to see. Let's see what we can find out. So I'll, I'll get information and get it back to you. Um, let's see. And anything else? Okay. The... Uh, I'm going to say Grammy Campbell says the camaraderie, oh, the camaraderie, camaraderie, sorry, the camaraderie, whoa, okay, it's late, I got to go. The camaraderie of GitCon really came through as well as the great business practice of a work and Framus. It's the future for the music industry, I think. Yeah, 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 uh, I agree 100%. Um, and you can't, you, you know, and you can't, you can't predict that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I like Framus Warwick so much now after GitCon. I've offered many times since then, uh, via email. I'm like, anything I could do to help you guys free of charge, I'll just, whatever you want, just because anything I can do. I can tell you right now, I would probably do, uh, I would do anything I can to help Hans Peter and Warwick be successful. Not because they flew into Germany, um, but because the way they treat people and their employees and talking to their employees and talk, you know, talking to the people there. It was just, it was just, a, it was just fun. It was great. Um, Dave says, yes, Gibson has some QC issues. Of course. They've always had them though, I think. 
just now we have the internet to talk about. <laughs> uh, Framus is expensive. I know they got they got to be good, man, but it looks like three thousand dollars average. They are off the charts expensive. That's the understatement of the year. I'm going to do a review of my Framus guitar, and as always, I promise it'll be a very honest review. This guitar I bought from Framus is the most expensive guitar I've ever that I own. Okay, that I've ever had. It's, it's, it's expensive. They are off the charts expensive, and. I will not be able, unfortunately, in the video to explain in any way and justify that kind of expense. There's just no logical way to come to it. But I will explain in, a million, in, in, in many ways as I can, you know, what it is that you're buying. Um, but that being said, uh, yes, $3,000 is like their average price. And, um, and But a lot of that is tied into the fact that they're not making a lot of guitars. They're just not. They don't make very many guitars. So it is, it is very boutique in the idea that it's just there's not a lot of production and they take a lot of attention to the guitars. In fact, when I got my guitar today, I've never, I can honestly say I've never had so much paperwork, packaging, uh, and stuff in a guitar ever at any price point. I've never seen anything like it. It was like you bought a Lamborghini. It even came with its own personal little thumb drive of everything about the guitar. It was crazy. Um, so there you go. Uh, I can't say Resurrectionist Resurrectionist says I bought a Warwick Streamer Pro M 1997 $3,000 oh yeah well Warwick you know if you guys are new to, you know you guys are guitar players out there Framus is expensive if you're a bass player Warwick Warwick $6,000 for basses has been normal for, for as long as I can remember Warwick's uh, my first Warwick bass was their entry level entry level uh, German-made bass used, I bought in 1999 for $1,000. That was a used entry-level Corvette standard. Um, so, no, Warwick's always been expensive. So, Framus, of course, is built in the same factory, same way. It's, it, it, if anything, I got the impression they, they sell the guitars for slightly less to be competitive in the market, but with the same amount of work and same everything, um, uh, uh, it you know, it's... it's that's what the, they get that price for bases all day long. Um, Penny says, "Hey, know your gear women t-shirt, please. Uh, I'll put them up after the video. There, I, I have them up, and then I, they come down. I'm sorry, um, but I'll put them up." Uh, let's see. <laughs> Somebody says, uh, "Does Framus still make acoustics? They do. They have an import line of acoustics. They don't do any like you know German-made acoustics there. So." Yeah, David David Dare Dar David Dare Parker says integrity is where it's at. I agree. You know, I've come to the conclusion for me and whatever it's worth that I think the people, uh, I think having knowledge about the product and the industry is important for a channel like mine. But I think without integrity, uh, there's a disconnect. So I, I agree. I think I I I I view it this way. I think you guys value my honesty over my knowledge, and so I I. You know, but it's tough not to be honest. It's just tough not to piss people off when you say things. So, and you guys always tell me I'm nice, but yet I get those emails every week. Somebody's upset about something. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. Anything else? And then we'll call it because we went really over today, but you guys are all hanging. There's 557 of us. IBJI says, I, uh, I, I still have my Aria Pro. Yeah, my first real guitar was an Aria Pro. I love them. 
There is last. I'm always just to see if there's anything cool. Okay. Uh, Random says, I appreciate you don't do clickbait titles. I try and do some kind of clickbait titles. You're trying to figure out how to make it interesting to click onto it. But yeah, I don't want to lie. Um, you know what I mean? And tell you it's something it's, it's not, it's in there. It's not in there. I try. So, you know, that's the thing I have to struggle with the most is titles. I can actually not put up a video for three days because I can't figure out the title. I'll, I'll put it up and I'll look at it. It's wrong. You think it's easy, but it's, it's not. Sometimes you're like, it's easy. Like I, I review the blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, you know, is it that, you know, so five, you know, the five things videos are tough. You're like five things about the, you know, you know, you got to figure it out. So yeah, titles are tricky. Um, IBJ says, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Um, yeah, that's true. You know what it is? I, I agree with that, but also it's just about respect. I, I think it's fine to tell anybody they're wrong as long as you can do a respect because uh, otherwise you won't get respect back and then that's the end of the argument for me. So, all right, we're going to call it. Anything else exciting? Um, I think, you know what? I got one last thing. I queued up pictures. As you guys see, I was running pictures all day and I'll do the last one. I got the, I said, for any of you that's interested, I just thought I'd share it because I, I came back to GitCon, from GitCon with this. So when I bought my Gold Top Les Paul, a lot of you guys say, hey, you got that Les Paul for your anniversary. What did your wife get? And she got a dog, <laughs> which is what I knew she was going to get. So she got this dog. Uh, so now we have another dog. And um, so when I got that guitar, I knew she was getting a dog. And now we got a new puppy dog to go with the other dog. And um, yeah, so. Uh, and I thought, eh, just because, you know what? Some of you guys are really cool and you guys would send me messages over the time they're going hey did she get that dog she got the dog so uh so there you go i really appreciate you guys t- hanging out for so long um and like i said i will uh update this uh with the cute with the question index and this will go in next day or so it goes on uh the uh, podcast thing and uh and uh david gibson says what what base did you and pete thorn wait what base did you and Pete Thorne, did you say, was similar to the Warwick? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the uh, uh, Spectre base. Um, in the video, Pete Thorne said the word Spectre base. And then he said, it looked like, and he and he, he said, oh, no, it's a Warwick. And I, he said, but he looks like a Spectre. And I said, well, it's because they're the same base. The Spectre base uh, that, that uh, Warwick makes a base called the Stream, Streamer, and it, the body shape is similar to the Spectre base because it is. Um, they pay a licensing for that. They they pay a, 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 a you know royalty to Ned Steinberger. I think it's not even uh, Spectre. That uh, uh, um, it's Ned Steinberger. I think designed that body for Spectre. Um, Stuart Spectre. Stuart Spectre has Spectre bases at that time. I don't know if he still does now. I don't. I didn't keep track of it. But anyways, Ned, Spiger, Ned Steinberger of Steinberger Guitars designed that base design for uh, Stuart Spectre, and then uh, uh, Fram or not Framus, uh Warwick had the streamer, and it's very similar. And they pay a licensing fee to use that body shape. So if you ever look at those two guitars, our bases, and you think they look the same, that's why the body. It's no different than people paying uh, licensing for use a Fender Strat style body style. That's all. Different headstocks, but they they. They were to control it. Now, do they still pay that uh, licensing? I don't know, but they were for a while. So, uh, Cheddar Compass says, "What a cute puppy! Uh, what's his or her name? Um, I think it's Joey, or Buddy. 
They just got it. Like I said, they just got it. Um, so uh, the uh, I think I've decided with all the dogs, I'm a cat person. <laughs> so because we have a cat, and I, I tend to talk to the cat more than the dogs. Um, so there you go. Yeah, Dave says the Spectre and the Streamers were designed by Ned Steinberger. Yes, that's 100% accurate. Yes, he designed uh, that that body shape. Okay, so with that being said, we're gonna we're gonna go now. Uh, like I said, this is we went along because it's been a little while. These will continue to go on Fridays, and like I said, we alternate to Saturdays whenever Ralph wants to come on. Um, and uh, oh, see, you guys always say answer me. All right, because you see him. I'm going to try it. Lewis B-Man. All right, Lewis. Hold on a second. Lewis B-Man says, please answer me. Okay, GT40 versus Katana. Which would you choose? Katana 50. Absolutely. Uh, GT40 uh, Mustang versus the bo- uh, Boss Katana 50. And I'll explain why uh, in two, t- t- here real fast. Katana 50 for two reasons. One, I like the fact that it has a dedicated clean channel, so you can select to it and run pedals in front of it. I thought it was better. Uh, two, um, I overall like the sounds a little better. I like having one speaker versus two small speakers or two medium speakers, whatever that is. I like that better. Um, so those are some of the things I liked about it. Um, so just me per- personal, that's what I liked. Um, Fender's warranty is probably better, and their service is probably better in the long run than than Ro- uh, Roland Boss. But Boss makes you know, unbreakable stuff for the most part. And so I can't imagine the katanas are, are, are going to have any problems. But that's what I would choose. So there you go. And... All right. And Chris say, says, Hey, Phil, do you have a beer mate? Uh, not really, but if I did, it would be Joe. <laughs> we don't drink a whole lot of beer. I'm not a... Not a big drinker. Uh... Yes, you can. Uh, Shaman says, hey, can you use the Boss Katana for bedroom? Absolutely. And then uh, Lewis B-Man says, that's what I was looking for. Cool. L- thanks, Lewis. I just didn't want to leave you hanging. You seemed like, oh. And I know what it's like when you guys keep asking questions and I don't see them. But like I said, and I'll, rem- I'll remind you guys next week uh, too, please, if I don't see your question and I don't answer it, just re- repost the same, just copy paste that same question and maybe even a number next to it, like two or three, you know, let me know how many times you've asked the question again so I see it. Um, if it's that important to, I will answer it. I try to answer questions that are just a little bit more exciting. But, um, you know, I understand that you guys are here live and you're here to interact. And I want to answer your questions or at least talk about the things you want to talk about as well. So um, so there you go. And then, oh, Brina's here. Uh, Brina from uh, Pixlinger uh, says, hey, thank you for two hours of cool news. No problem, Brina. Awesome. If you guys didn't see that video, she's she uh, her Pixlinger and that video, it's hit like 170,000 views, um, which is cool. That's you guys sharing it and stuff, so I appreciate that. Um, that has a huge share rate. A lot of people are sharing that video. That's why it's hitting those numbers is because it's getting shared a lot. Um, so there you go. So on that note, I'm going to call it. And again, I'm just going to say the last part and then we'll go, which is I want to thank everybody who sponsored it. It's Dave Madison, Justin Maybe, Michael Shy, uh, Bradulist, John Jex, and Lawrence Petros from Lawrence Petros Pedals. And um, also I'm going to have a new video uh, for Lawrence's new pedal um, that I was able to interact with him and help uh, help on the creation of the way it looks. He's the magic of the way it sounds, but I got to put two cents in the way it looks. So I'm actually excited about that. Um, I love it. You know, like I said, I love to interact with companies uh, 
and uh, you know, and come up with ideas. It's fun. So on that note, um, I'm gonna let you guys go. So as always, I want to thank you guys for your time, and until next time, uh, know your gear, and then 